Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. Just a warning, this is an episode that, it, no, it's not a warning, <laughs> a notification, I don't know what the word is. This episode is being pre-recorded, so if Janelle has murdered Barbara, like, I can't talk about it on this episode, you'll have to come to my Instagram, which is feathers underscore pod, where if major news is breaking, I will talk about it, and if it's something like super, super crazy, I'll even make an Instagram story talking about it. But yeah, this episode is pre-recorded. So with that said, everybody say hi to Troy McGeady. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Troy, I'm thrilled you're here. I'm happy to be here, especially I'm happy to be here talking about an old episode. This is what I need today. I really need it. Like, okay, we decided to watch Team, well, we as an I told Troy what episode to watch, which is Team Mom OG season three, episode 10. And... I have to say, like, I don't, I haven't rewatched a lot of early OG. Like, a lot of this stuff is not in my memory, and I picked a good episode. It was fun. I watched it twice, and I didn't even really need to, but I watched it a second time because I was just like, this is, I just wanted to live in this time period. It was fun. Yeah. You're exactly right. Like, first of all, it was, like, funny. Like, watching some of this stuff, like, really made me laugh. Yeah, it was, like, legitimately funny like Real Housewives of New York funny like comedic like the girls were giving you comedy this episode yeah Yeah. (laughs) it was so good I'm so it's nice like first of all how much I miss Farah and her family oh god I know I miss old Farah so much yeah but you're right I miss old Farah and her family yeah because it's like you know obviously we've always thought that Farah was like a bratty twat but like going back and rewatching, you realize, like, of course she was horrible back then, but mm-hmm. like on such a small scale, like I was so, she was so tolerable in comparison, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's like the fights, I don't know, seem so much like between her and her parents, like obviously there's layers and her parents are very abusive and she was very fucked up, but they don't seem as like serious as they did towards like the end of Farrah's run on this show right. and Farrah's still in Iowa at this point or Nebraska where Council Bluffs is that Nebraska or Iowa I think they're next to each other I don't know I can't be expected to know any geography <laughs> asking too much of me but to see Farrah still like in her hometown very isolated like the only person she talks to is like an elderly neighbor <laughs> and her parents yeah, like, like living in that guest house with all their like hand-me-downs, like all these old like yeah. weird giant wood pieces of furniture that are just like mis- mismatched and like, it's just so, it's weird. It's the power dynamics are yeah. still very much like Farrah doesn't hold all the cards. Mm-hmm. And when OG comes back, Farrah is like fully funding everybody's life. Yep. And so everything just was like a lot darker with Farrah. And at this point it was still like light and funny. <laughs> 
Yeah, and also felt appropriate because she was young. Like, the yeah. most jarring thing about her is that she's never, like, mentally grown out of, like, talking to her parents, like, yes. a bratty teenage yes. girl. And it's like, yes. seeing a young girl with scrunched hair be mean to her mom, it's like, it was just silly, more so. Troy, you're exactly right. That's exactly it. Like, 27-year-old Farah, like, having a temper tantrum is, like, not so funny to watch. Yeah, it's like, ugh, you are gonna be doing this when you're 50. Yeah. Yeah, but when you're watching 20-year-old Farah do it, it's, like, kind of funny still. Yeah, yeah. Especially, like you said, because she has no power. Like, no, you know, she has to kind of be at least a little nice because she doesn't have any control over her life, really. Although I will say, so this, season three, this is the first season they got paid. And you can see bits of it in this episode. Yeah. Like, if you, I mean, compared to where they are now, like, obviously it looks like nothing. But just little things like, Macy going and getting like long extensions like that was probably that was probably like a $500 haircut you know like Macy got a $500 haircut in this episode probably and Kate and Tyler were living in their trailer and had their own car and Amber had her own place and Farah like has money to go look at a college in Florida and like her own apartment like all things that were not possible one season before Oh my god, that adds an entirely new element to this episode for me, because I wasn't thinking about that. Because mm-hmm. if you will remember, when Amber ends up back in court, like, a little bit after this, it comes out that she ended up making, like, $250,000 a year between, like, Teen Mom, and this is even pre-social media, so she was getting paid, like, to do magazine stuff. Wow. God, these girls Remember when people TV got paid by long. tabloids? Yes. Oh my god, are you kidding? <laughs> And, like, how weird is it that these girls have been on TV for so long that they lived through, like, the tabloid era? Like, they yeah. lived through the switch. Yeah, they used to be on the cover of Us Weekly every week. Every week? I was obsessed. Yeah. So this is definitely, it's interesting to think that, like, what we're watching, so this is, like, 2011, I think, or 2012, like, we're watching a pre-monetized social media Wow, that's crazy. And the girls are so much more, I mean, you can tell because, I mean, obviously there's the element of it just not having been on long, you know, as long, but the girls are just so much more just like open and, and yeah. like sort of carefree when they're filming. They're not worried about how Twitter is going to react to what they're saying mm-hmm. or whatever. They're just like showing all, all of the things. Yeah. And also you can tell their worlds are much smaller. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so true. I didn't think about that either. Yeah, they just live in, like, this, like, like they actually, like, okay, yeah, Macy still lives in Chattanooga, but, like, whenever she wants, she can be anywhere. You know what I mean? But, like, at this point, like, Macy's world is in Chattanooga. That's so true. Yeah. And, like, with the small, you know, now they all have all these, like, hanger-ons and people Mm -hmm. that, like, you know, men that are, like, attaching themselves to them because they want to be on the show, whatever, but it was so much smaller back then. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely interesting to watch these early OG seasons. I think season three might have been when Team Mom 2 popped up, like they were getting a lot of fame. And so this in this episode is the aftermath of Amber getting arrested because uh, everybody called the police on her from watching that episode of her punching Gary. Wow. Oh my God. First of all, bangs Amber. Yeah. that should tell you everything you need to know like, so let's talk, we'll start with amber and her segment because amber actually isn't really in this episode because amber got arrested for domestic violence yeah and if you will remember and i wonder 
I wonder if Amber was the first reality TV person to be arrested or in trouble directly as a result of, of her behavior on TV. I mean, I feel like if not, she has to be the first person on the scale that she, because she was, I mean, this was such a huge mm-hmm. story. Like people who didn't watch Teen Mom, this became like the running gag. Like, you know what I mean? Like that Didn't she, one like, of those go to jail? Exactly. All those girls yeah. are all going to prison. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they keep saying, and remember, this is before OG broke the fourth wall, but they keep, Gary is like, she got arrested for something that happened six months ago. Like we, we're over this. Like I didn't, like what they're not saying is that like people watched Amber punch Gary in the face while Leah watched and her tried to kick him down the stairs while he was holding a TV and were so fucking horrified. Like tons of people called the police and that's why Amber was arrested. That is so crazy. Like that is insane. Which is a real... I mean, now it seems, like, almost quaint, like, knowing, like, how people call CPS on Janelle, like, literally every day of her life. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like, Teen Mom fans calling the authority is, like, so, like, it's so second nature at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dark. I love it. And now it's like, ugh, get a life when I hear, it, like, somebody's calling CPS on Janelle. I'm like, okay, like, that's weird. But yeah. At the time, like these were not like crazy fandom people this was like people like just sitting at home watching tv and just being so horrified by what they saw like this was not like a like okay a lot of the people who call cps on janelle into 2020 or 2019 are people who are like part of her twitter hater fandom right who like track her every move Mm -hmm. and are like obsessed with bringing her down because they personally hate her not unjustified right like, it's not unjustified, the hate that they feel for her. It's it's disproportionate because they don't actually know her. <laughs> yeah, She's it's not like, actually in their lives. <laughs> it's not like your job to be her karma. You it's, know what I mean? But it's like, you get it. Exactly, Troy. Exactly. <sighs> but they're also, like, not really in the wrong most of the time. Like, right, exactly. Like, it's deserved. Um, but this wasn't, like, a case of, like, people watching and being like, we have to take Amber down. This was mm-hmm. just, like, holy shit, we just watched someone, like, square punch her partner in the face on TV. Yeah, and also just very passive child abuse, like... Yeah, the kids are... This isn't, like, Ronnie and Sammy on Jersey Shore, where you know they're both, like, blackout drunk, Mm -hmm. like, they're awful, there aren't kids around, like, I don't... Something about the violence on Jersey Shore at the time, like, didn't feel so shocking. Right. You're just like, eh, whatever, like, Ronnie probably deserved it. But, like, watching it with Amber and Gary and, like, watching Leah in the background and just, like, how raw and rude. It felt, you could tell, like, this is something that happens all the time. Yeah, it feels like, um, almost like when you and I talked about the Wonderful Whites, that, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, like, they don't even know that this is abuse. So, that, yeah. like, they think it's fine that this is on camera because it's not even in their wheelhouse that this is, like, a child abuse. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's how they talk about it on the show. So Gary, like, talks with his mom, and he's, like, you know, they say has to hold her for 24 hours, I'm assuming. So for people that don't know, um, a lot of states have some mandatory laws around domestic violence calls and arrests, and sometimes they end up not being so good while, like, actually happening, but 
basically the idea is like they are trying to force like the police and judges these lawmakers into like acting you know so that they can't ignore domestic violence and i guess indiana has a law that says like if you're arrested for domestic violence you have to be held in jail for 24 hours which as somebody that's like worked in the field I can see why that law was put in place because the idea is like the abuser is out of the home for 24 hours. It gives the victim 24 hours to get out of the house if they need to. It gives a 24 hour mandated cool off period. Like there's a 24 hour hold basically that anybody that gets arrested for domestic violence in Indiana has to be put on. Um, And they put a no contact order on. And it's like kind of crazy watching this like Gary and his mom talk about it because he's like, you know, it only happened a few times. And his mom is like, it's just crazy. It was like six months ago and she's going to counseling and she's doing what she needs to. We don't understand why it's happening right now. And like, God, I wish I broke the fourth wall for this. Oh my God, I know. I was thinking about that the entire episode. Like, God, this show would have been so much better back then if they had decided to just start off with the fourth wall being broken. Oh my God. Which honestly... They should have. Yeah. They should have just done it as like a docu-series. Yeah. Or even like even, yeah, like like acknowledging that these teens are in like this crazy position, maybe even not in the first season, but by the second season, like recognizing like the show should have always been about what it's like to get famous for being a teen mom. Yeah. And I'm sure MTV would have done that if they had known the girls were going to become like these pop culture phenomenons yeah. you know like because then it, it just the show became so weird when the girls were wealthy and really <laughs> famous but couldn't talk about it the best is there's an episode of team mom 2 after og had already broken the fourth wall and team mom 2 hadn't yet and janelle is telling barbara she's like mom i'm going to dallas for spring break and it's like the craziest conversation you've ever listened to in your life until you realize that janelle was doing a paid appearance in texas for a spring <laughs> break event because you're like why is janelle talking about spring break like janelle isn't in college like janelle's 27 like what like yeah. what like what and she was like saying that she couldn't have jace because she was going on spring break and i remember everyone being like what the fuck? But it was Janelle was doing a paid appearance <laughs> and was getting paid probably $50,000 or whatever to go on spring break and go to a spring break event. She's like, like mom, was- banana boat sunscreen needs me on <laughs> Panama, like in the beach. Well, it would have been a lot more of a realistic conversation if she had been yeah. like, mom, I can't watch Jace because I signed a contract. Yeah. And then things like that make them look bad and yeah. unnecessarily. Yeah, absolutely. And it de- it just, I mean, it never made sense, like, that they weren't allowed to talk about being famous. That is something that, like, I hate in reality TV shows. Like, Vanderpump Rules, I cannot understand why they haven't broken the fourth wall. It honestly is so, I can't believe so many producers are still stuck in such a dated time. Like, we are all way Online. too fucking smart. We're too smart for this shit. You can't, like, this doesn't work anymore. We're too, like, we're too online and too involved with the cast members' every moves on social yeah. media. It's absurd. Like, what would it hurt to for them to acknowledge, oh, while Stassi's doing a book signing, to just acknowledge <laughs> that they're fucking on this show? It's so stupid. Like, Stassi just happens to have a book because of her successful podcast. How did she get a successful podcast, you ask? 
Uh, just because. Yeah, because she's so funny and good at being basic. It's like, okay. Like, and they don't even need, on Vanderpump Rules, they don't need to go full OG. Like, they don't need to be full team mom where they have, like, the crew members really be cast members. Like, right. I don't think it needs to be that involved. But okay. they can just be like, we're on a show. Yeah, we're, we're on TV. Our show. Last season. Yeah. Just say it. You know, it's fine. Yeah, last year, I love on the, when they always do that on the Housewives, they're like, well, you know, when I saw you last year. It's my favorite. And then they show, like, the black and white, like, old screen, <laughs> like, like they found some old film, yeah. <laughs> like, the fucking moment. So I think a lot of it, like, I just think it's interesting to talk about the fourth wall stuff because, I mean, like it or not, Teen Mom is really innovative in this mm-hmm. way. And they really have figured out a way to continue pushing this for- show forward for a lot of years. And I think breaking the fourth wall in OG when they brought it back was actually a brilliant move that they don't get enough credit for. Um, I think if they never did that, the show wouldn't, it, like, literally would not have been able to continue going on. And I think that with the Housewives, it's mostly fine because we're allowed to accept that the Housewives are famous. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Even if they don't say, like, I'm famous for being a housewife, like, the idea is, like, they're rich, they're popular. Like, they don't need to necessarily say, like, we're famous because of the Real Housewives, even though almost all of them are only famous because of the Real Housewives. But I, to me, it's, like, kind of fine that they don't break the fourth wall mm-hmm. most of the time. I mean, sometimes it is frustrating because it's, like, someone will be like, why are you here? And it's like, because we're on a show together, bitch. Like, yeah, I mean, I think cert- like there's like certain cities where for some reason it feels worse because obviously there's like different production companies that do all yeah. the cities. And like in New York, it doesn't bother me because those girls have such a lock on like what their show is. But like in a place like Atlanta, it kind of does. And I like that they've incorporated yeah. um, them talking to the, even just talking to the interviewers in the confessional. Yeah. It's just like, just let the air out of this fucking tire or whatever, you know? Yeah, we really, I think what really has made, at least for me, I think it's like the constant social media, like not just like tweeting stuff because Mm -hmm. like just tweeting stuff was like one thing, but like the constant like Instagram stories and Instagram lives, like it's just made it so like we can't pretend like they're just on a show anymore. Yeah. Like these ladies like just happen to know each other. And I really think a lot of these shows, like I said, I do think the Housewives, like, pretty much it's okay that they don't break the fourth wall, though it can be frustrating at times. Um, But a show like Vanderpump Rules, even, like, Summer House, which is back this year, like, why aren't they saying, like, we're filming a show this summer? We're filming this show where we go to this house that the show that Bravo's paying for, like, idiots. And it just is so... See, I think that with Housewives, I think Bravo is, like, almost holding that card. Like, they, 100% they are. I've heard, you know? it's like, you know, I've never forgotten Andy Cohen on Bitch Sesh said, like, we will never do a major Housewives crossover, like, where they're all filming together unless we need to. Yeah. Like, he said that straight up. So, like, yeah. bra- they're not stupid. Like, yeah. They know that that's something that eventually one day they'd have to do. And I, I feel like they're kind of toying with it. And did, especially they did it a lot on Potomac and it's well, like, they have course, to, cause how do you talk about it without doing it? Yeah. Like, how do you talk about this crazy court case involving production? 
on yeah. Potomac and then not talk <laughs> about the Involving Michael Darby, who is not famous, it would never be talked about in any other context whatsoever, but just happens to now be on Wendy Williams. Yeah, yeah. and he literally groped a cameraman for the show we filmed, <laughs> yeah. so they, you know, but it was nice. It was the be- one of the best seasons ever of A Housewives City to me, because it was just like, oh, like a sigh of relief. Yeah, so full confession, I've like never watched Potomac, but I listened to all the podcasts, so I like know what happens in every single episode. Um, because I don't know, that's just where I am with most reality TV now. Uh, but yeah, it, that's what it is. Like they had to, it forced them to break the fourth wall. Yeah. You would, you would actually really like Potomac. I know I'm going to watch it. It's very like experimental. Like they try things on Potomac because it doesn't matter. Cause like nobody yeah. watches it to see yeah. if they'll work and they always work. And it's the, the weirdest city of all the, the cities, but it's like the best to me. I have such a funny relationship with a show like Potomac because I know every single character that's ever been on. Like <laughs> I know every plot that's ever happened with them. <laughs> but like, I've never seen an episode. Yeah, you gotta watch it. You love it. Because I listen to podcasts. <laughs> I get it though. I do that with so many shows. Hey guys, we'll be right back after a quick break. So, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to see this episode of Teen Mom that's very, at least for Amber and Gary's segment, is, like, Mm -hmm. very much, like, wow, this would have been interesting to see with the fourth wall broken. Can I just say that I thought it was really funny when they were, when, like, they introduced, um, Gary and his mom talking about Amber, and his mom was, like, I don't know if you caught this, but his mom was, like, playing, like, monster with Leah, but she like made this like crazy face. She did not. She made this crazy face at Leah when she was like, and Leah was like, she's like, gross. You like legitimately scared me. I will say, I don't know, like you, you like how you like watch on and off with Team Mom right now currently. Um. Yeah. Usually, what I do is binge a whole season at once. Yeah. So for me. It was kind of sad to watch Gary's mom. Like, you forget, like, how involved she was when Leah was little and how she, like, wants nothing to do with Carrier's kids today. It's crazy. I mean, she was, like, his constant. She was his rock. Like, she I mean, was she literally person. was Leah's guardian at one point because both of them, like, lost custody. Yeah, and she always gave him such, like, sound advice about what he should do. Like, I, I thought about that, too. I was like, I, like, miss her presence on the show. And now Christina's like, well, your mom hasn't called us in six months. <laughs> so wild. Like, who would have ever thought? It's so She Doesn't she seem so normal? She seems very normal. She seems very level-headed. Like, what the fuck happened? I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe she went through menopause and was like, no, nah, I'm just done being a mom and a grandma. <laughs> like, I'm just done. Yeah. I'd rather psychotically break right now. Yeah. So, the thing is, there's a no contact order, but it it's not between Amber and, like, Amber can still see Leah, and I do understand, like, the issue. Gary's mom's like, so how are you supposed to talk about your kid? And it's just such an interesting case, because Amber needed to be arrested for this, right? Like, what she did was very wrong. In the end, it's actually good that the state intervened, because it set up the domino effect of her going to prison, in which she got her life back on track for about eight minutes, and then, you know, everything went downhill again. But it was... If that never happened, she probably would have OD'd and died, honestly. Yeah. So 
at least even though she's like a mess now and you know like still be near baby daddies and all all of that stuff um at least she's alive and i like watching i lost my train of thought oh but like it's it's very interesting to watch like this couple be involved in this domestic violence incident in which they kind of want no part of being involved in yeah that's true i didn't really think about that like they both kind of just don't really want yeah right yeah like and everybody in their life is like this is crazy yeah because who's ever seen something like this before and then it's like you have the element of the public having like some kind of say in it because they're watching and she has to kind of like live through however she's being portrayed on the show so and which is terrible uh so it's like it's crazy uh Amber or Gary's mom does says, well, you know, about them not being able to talk. Sometimes absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> and I'm like, Amber just got arrested for beating your son. Yeah, on TV. Like, literally made him look so bad. In front of your granddaughter. Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, maybe you guys will get closer through this. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should get married. It's just, it's so... It's so unwell, this whole thing. And we get a classic, I think this might be the first time that we heard uh, Amber say how she pronounces jail, which is like gel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It might have been the first time we heard it. Jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we basically, Tanya, uh, Amber's mom, picks up Leah and brings her back to Amber's house. And Amber seems, like, shell-shocked. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about this. Like, when she said, um, they, she, like, alluded to having not, like, spoken to her. I, I honestly don't remember, but, like, using my knowledge that I have now is that, first of all, I think Tanya never really liked Gary. Mm -hmm. Um, at this point, we know Amber is, like, really hardcore abusing drugs, Mm-hmm. Uh, Tanya is. Did you watch Amber on Marriage Boot Camp? No, I didn't. Oh, you should go back and watch that season. It's actually, you know, just like fly through it in a day type of thing. Yeah, I don't know why uh, I love Marriage Boot Camp. Uh, yeah, and Karen Gravano was on it. Uh, Jim and Jim Jones and what's her face that he's been with for a hundred years and won't propose to her. Oh, holy on it. shit! Oh yeah, it's God. really it's a good season and it's Marriage Boot Camp family. So. Tanya is there with Matt and Amber. Oh, and Brandy and her dad are on it. Brandy Clanville and her dad. Oh, oh my God, yeah. Troy. You did you not watch this? No. Oh my God. Troy, Brandy went and her dad like have sex is my takeaway from this season. Oh my God. You Holy need to watch shit. this. I can't believe you did Brandy Glanville went on Marriage Bootcamp Family Edition. You didn't have respect enough to watch. <laughs> I know. I need to repent from my sins. Like, but on it tanya at like at the beginning i guess went on without her meds they kept saying her medicine okay and she's like literally detoxing in her bed and like can't get out of bed and i don't know what medicine she's on that she has a physical withdrawal from when she doesn't take it and yet went on marriage boot camp without like bringing enough pills it was like very weird so it's like oh so tanya's a drug addict <laughs> like it's so crazy to me when people like when um celebrities and I'm using quote fingers um go on shows like that and like 
set themselves up to be exploited like that, like so easily. It's so on a show that is literally designed to make you look bad. It's cr- like, first of all, the show is only 10 days long. Like, how did you not have like all your pills that you need? Yeah, it's like, insane. In my active addiction, I took a 12 day trip to Israel and you should have seen how, ma- how many drugs I brought. Like I was prepared because <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh-oh, like <laughs> I'm addicted to the heroin and I want to go on this trip. <laughs> so I like got enough Suboxone and like, I mean, it, I wasn't great on the trip, but like I wasn't sick. Um right. And it's like, how are you going to go to marriage boot camp and like not bring all your pills? That's insane to me. But it's also very marriage boot camp, right? Yeah, very marriage boot camp. Oh my God, I can't believe you, like it's, uh, Brandy gives Karen Gravano, you know, who's sober. Or right. I'm sorry, Renee, it's not Karen. I'm <laughs> Renee Graziano, not Karen Gravano. I wish it was Karen. It's Renee and her okay. sister Jen, who is the producer of Mob Wives and oh, the creator. Yeah, yes. And their other sister, Lana, who apparently like went to prison for embezzlement or something. Um, and Renee, you know, she has like her addiction issues and Brandy uh-huh. just like gives her his Oh my God. Oh yeah, because Brandy and Renee became like bosom buddies, right? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I knew that. I knew that from Brandy's podcast because I'm like, me and her dad, I think, are the only people still listening to Brandy Glanville's <laughs> yeah. podcast. How do you listen to her podcast and you didn't watch Marriage Bootcamp? <laughs> I, I know. I'm like this loyal fucking follower. It's insane. I, Try, I at literally... one point, she gets so drunk, she flashes her dad and is like, am I a slut? Oh, oh my God. And you know you... how they make the rooms like these like pressure cooker, like they live in these like pressure cooker rooms? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their room is uh, covered in, like, naked pictures of Brandy. <gasps> what? Because her dad thinks she's, like, such a slut. And she was, like, raised in a hippie environment, right? Like, yeah, wasn't he, yeah. like, some big hippie? Yeah, because she's, like, mad about how much pot he smoked when she was a kid. Um, and he's mad at, like, this is their beat. Like, her dad guy, like, smoked a lot of pot and wasn't really there for her. She was growing up. And, like, he thinks his daughter, like, got naked and is a slut. And, like, that's their, like, contention. Oh, my God. And, like, the room is just, like, covered in naked pictures of Brandy. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, oh, what? Like, does Brandy and her dad fuck? Like, oh, my God. I'm, like, watching this tomorrow on my day off the whole day. It is you got the, me, girl. Weird, the weirdest dynamic you've ever seen. And it's so funny. Why can't I think of Jim and mom, his mama D and what is his um, girlfriend I, name? that he will not propose to and they've been together for a hundred years they're definitely the funniest element because you can tell like they're just like looking around at these people like what the fuck i still say and i i'm always alone in this but i always say that they are like one of the best reality tv couples i always want to cover them but i don't think people will care <sighs> they won't but they're a good couple remember when she proposed to him i don't even think they yes. themselves engaged anymore and they also, by the way, represent the only time in the history of love and hip hop that the show was like, like they made the show so real. Yeah, they're very they, real. Oh, they can't. Sad, help it. sad, but real. Christy, yes, Christy. Oh God, I was gonna, just, I was gonna just say mole. <laughs> oh, <laughs> poor Christy. But yeah, so you have to watch that season of Marriage Boot Camp. But well, I'm gonna Amber's live tweet mom you the is like highest first that she spends the first two episodes unable to get out of bed, and then she's high as fuck for the rest of the episodes. Is Amber's mom's voice jarring to only me? No. Oh no no no. <laughs> it's like when you hear her talking, like yeah. <laughs> 
you're my baby i always love my baby i'm like how do you talk like that yeah they have this scene where like amber's like i need my mommy mm -hmm. and tanya's like i'm here for you you know i've (laughs) always been here for you like this is gonna sound really terrible i hope it's not offensive but like you know there are some people who are just born with a voice that kind of like leads them in the the path that they're supposed to take in life okay (laughs) yes (laughs) she just sounds like yeah what other life was tanya gonna live exactly you can't be a senator with that voice that's all i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say i'm gonna leave it at that but that's really it for amber's uh segment because there wasn't actually a ton of amber in this episode yeah. because she's in jail <laughs> yeah which made me really sad when i we just got a little tease of bangs tan amber i was like this is bangs. oh and this is like peak teeny tiny thin amber who is like yes. i'm doing krav maga ah! oh my god <laughs> leggings and legging is leggings is pants amber of course i do <laughs> yeah i can when i honestly picture amber i think of her with like a fake orange tan a hot pink t-shirt and leggings as pants <laughs> and a hot pink t-shirt that you know has some crazy exactly like exactly what app i'm talking about are you kidding of course where she the ones where she would like pose and like show her flatter stomach was <laughs> she's like i remember i just remember like in the first i must have been the first episode of season two because they had to explain like why amber was suddenly like 50 pounds thinner and she's like i'm doing krav maga and they like <laughs> went to a class with her it's honestly just so the darkest thing about amber and gary at this time and like their whole domestic thing is that like it was like we understood that the way she was beating him up was through her like teachings Mm -hmm. like she was like using her teachings Mm -hmm. on his body because she thought he was just like this big body that could take it yeah well i mean to this day amber thinks well (laughs) we know this because she went on to like beat the shit out of uh andrew But, like, even pre, like, the recordings coming out of her saying to Andrew, like, I'm gonna, I hit you, and laughing at him about it. Yeah. God, (laughs) those audios. But even before that, like, she does not think she did anything wrong when it comes to Gary. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that, like, gets her most is that she got in trouble and Gary didn't. Absolutely. Because, I mean... I wouldn't be shocked if Gary hit her in the past. Like, even if she egged it on, you know what I, like, even if she was the first one to hit him, but like, I don't know, maybe he hit her, maybe didn't, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if in Amber's head, like, she feels like Gary is just as culpable because maybe she feels like he made her uh, hit him. Yes, that's what I think. It's like, I don't know. I used to always feel like, I mean, Gary's obviously taken a huge turn and he's like this whole, totally different Well, he did ever. egg her on. But he like used to literally gaslight her so yeah. bad. Like so bad. Like he would say stuff to her that he knew would make her want to fight him. And then he would stand there and get beaten up on camera and then play victim. Yeah, which like, I mean, fair enough. He was a victim. Like, Amber, of course, yeah. Like not okay, like no matter what. But he definitely, I think she definitely feels like he should have been in trouble too yeah yeah which is insane but like yeah and like she really believes like if it wasn't for gary like nothing none of this shit would have happened and i'm sure she feels the same way about andrew now one thousand percent i think that she thinks that she is somebody that can like be looked up to because of how she's allowed herself to like forgive 
she like yeah well first of all yes she does think that because she literally will get on instagram live and be like i've saved thousands of lives (laughs) 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 oh my god and like i don't i do believe that she probably does get a ton of messages of people who are like you know you inspired me to get sober like you talking about your mental illness really helped because like i get messages like that of people being like thank you so much for being open about your addiction. Like it made me reflect on what was going on in my life and only, you know, like a couple thousand people listen to this. So I'm sure like she does get a lot, but like, I don't believe I've saved, even if like somebody's like, I went to meetings because of you, like I didn't save anybody's life. I just like helped plant a seed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like awesome that I could help plant a seed. And I'm so grateful for that like opportunity and that people listen to me and that they self-reflect when listening to me. Like, I think that's incredible, but I would never sit here and be like, my podcast has saved lives. Like, that's not an accurate statement. Like people have saved themselves by maybe being inspired by what they heard. But for Amber, for being so fucking self-centered and narcissistic, she's like, I've saved thousands of people's lives. <laughs> I know. I think that Amber feels like she's the voice of, like, a demographic of people. Absolutely. You know? And, like, I mean, honestly, Teen Mom is probably one of the first, if not the first, like, reality show that wasn't, you know, some sort of TLC exploitative bullshit where it's, it's just these people existing and they do, a lot of them just so happen to be, like, you know, under the poverty poverty yeah, line. I and... think it's the first, I mean, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, the first reality show that followed teens for continuous seasons. And not rough, wealthy teens. Be like watching teens charter planes. Like, But even that, like on Super Sweet Six, oh, well, yeah, I guess Laguna Beach, you're right. Like I, Laguna Beach definitely came before Teen Mom. So Laguna Beach in the Hills was, I guess, first, but you're right. Those were always aspirational shows. Yeah. We were never supposed to watch Laguna Beach and be like, this is just like my life. Yeah, there were never teenagers on TV who weren't wealthy. Even if they were shown on Housewives and stuff, it was just like, they were literally there in those early Housewives seasons to show how bratty the teenagers were. Yeah, and if you watch like a season one episode of Laguna Beach versus season one episode of Teen Mom, just like for the realness factor, Team Mom, like, blows Laguna Beach out of the park, you know? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? It's and night it, and day. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess Laguna Beach had to have been the first, like, multiple season teen show. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I would say so, for sure. Um, But then Team Mom was the first to kind of do, like, a gritty version of it. Yeah, like a real version. And it wasn't, yeah. like, like I said, it wasn't, like, a TLC version, you know yeah. what I mean? Where it's, like, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely, uh, it's like, it's very interesting to watch us and think like how different reality TV is even now compared to then. I know, just like the world that these girls were living in, like they were basically like a low grade version of like the Paris's and the Lindsay's and the Britney's. They were like the trashy reality TV version of like the girls, you know what I mean? And it's even like compared to, okay, so compare them to like teen mom young and pregnant like season one or two like those girls in their head are like i'm gonna do this even if the show only gets a season i'm getting two hundred thousand instagram followers from this exactly and i'm gonna make x amount of money like in season one those girls like by the time season one was finished ending like every girl on teen mom young and pregnant had a fucking fashion nova ad yeah one thousand percent like it's so it is interesting to watch these so teen mom young and pregnant i guess is on season i think they're 
on season three. You know, it's hard because they do these A and B seasons. So it could have, it could be on the air for 18 years and we're like season three. Um, but I think Team Mom 2 or Team Mom Young and Pregnant is on season 2A. I don't know. Don't quote me. But you can already tell that these girls like are making money, even though they're not really making money from MTV yet. Like they're still getting paid yeah. like nothing from MTV. But like Kayla's got only making God knows how much money off of, you know what I mean? Off of social yeah. media. Ashley's making God knows how much money off of social media. Like they're making money in a way that it was like the girls on Teen Mom were not. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I was even talking earlier because my mom is like, I brainwashed my mom and finally got her to watch Cheer. And oh she's been, I know, I'm like, what took you so long, A? And she's been like crying all day and shit and texting <laughs> me. And um, she was like, oh, I hope so-and-so is going to be okay or whatever. And I was like, honestly, they all have endorsement deals already. They're all- Morgan's at like a million followers now. Yeah, like they literally, the day the show was released, were famous on the internet. Jerry just got signed with UTA. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, they're all going to be like beyond fine. Better than you and I are doing, by the way. It'll be fine. At least for like two years. You know what I mean? Like they are Instagram celebrities now. It's such a different world. Like it's, um, it's, it's like they're expected, like- they yeah. knew they're like, well, we're gonna, we're gonna be Instagram famous now. Like it's literally. Yeah, the well, next I'm sure they didn't expect it to be like it is now. You know what I mean? Like nobody expected it to be on the Ellen Show or like well, yeah, have yeah. Kendall Jenner request that they come on the Ellen Show so they can <laughs> yeah. become a period, period pyramid or you know what I mean? Like I'm sure yeah. they weren't expecting like it taking all. Like I saw Monica say like, well, I expect it to be really popular with cheerleaders because cheerleaders they're so little about cheerleading and pop culture, at least like competitive cheerleading. So I think they all knew, like, they would get a lot of cheer attention. Yeah, and there's already so many cheer reality shows. I'm sure they didn't think that this would be, like, the one, you know? Yeah, well, there's, like, yeah. Well, there, there's, like, a, there's been, like, a decent amount of them, but they're always, like, very niche-specific. They're, like, not, mm-hmm. if they're on Netflix, they're not very good. Or it's on YouTube. Like, the biggest cheer reality show is on fucking YouTube, basically. So I yeah. think that they are... Like, I think they expected it to be big with a certain group of people. I would also just like to give a shout out and pour one out for the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and country <laughs> music channel. It actually is a lo- very long running uh, reality show. Very, it's really that's good. Been on for a full, like, 20 years. <laughs> no, like, we were, like, going into high school when it started. Like, not even kidding. It's, cr- like, aren't they on, like, season 18? Yeah, and it's great because they it's a rotating cast, so you can yeah. watch it at any point and it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, because every year it's like the new team, right? Like yeah. the tryouts for the new team. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Like, all those kids are going to be okay because now they all they all have Instagram followers. And that's how you make suck, hundreds though. of thousands of dollars now. Well, could you imagine being these girls, though, and being like, fuck, yeah. Ugh, if we had just, if this show had come out or if Instagram was cool, like a few years prior, if Flat Tummy T was around a few years prior, like our whole lives could have been different. Yeah, they could have made a lot more money, but I think they're okay because they make so much money now. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Macy, who I sent you a text and said that Bentley was at peak cutie patootie. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Oh my God. It's almost like Bentley as a kid knew he was cute. Oh. Right? Bentley was like performing like 
he spoke so clearly like he was so funny like hearing <laughs> bentley yell no is the cutest <laughs> thing in the world even his tantrums were cute oh, oh my god so at one point macy's like benny come over here and he goes no and runs away from her it's so cute she's like i'm selling bentley's 50 cents <laughs> <laughs> oh my god they were so Southern in the early season. I know. Even um, Ryan, Ryan, yeah. so much more Southern as if he could get any more Southern, but my God. Can we discuss how his dad looked 25 years younger? Which actually makes me sad because I think part of the reason he's aged so much is the stress of Ryan and like yeah, yes. Ryan's dad. Like I, like, I was like, was Larry hot in this episode? <laughs> Also, by the way, his mom's, like, not it, her hair, everything about her is paint by numbers. Nothing has changed. Nothing. Not a single thing. Jen, you could pop her in this season or next season. Like, it's cr- same, she's saying the same shit in the same tone, same worried look. She's been, like, well, first of all, Jen has been going to the same hairstylist, you know, for 35 years. Yes. I bet the hairstylist has a salon in her basement. <laughs> yes. They talk about Pioneer Woman the whole time they're Yeah, there. where she see, you know, the salon, she's like, I see my girls down here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But no, I was like, really, I was just so shocked by their accents. I was like, oh my God, Ryan is so Southern. Yes. Another thing I notice is that Macy, I guess, I guess she's not 21 yet. Uh, you don't see her drinking in this episode. I thought about that. She went for coffee, not beer. No beer. Look, I'm not saying Macy's an alcoholic, but like she drinks a lot on camera. <laughs> Macy's, here's the thing. Macy is one of those, those girls who will become one of those women who always just has a, um, like one of those cups that's just full of alcohol. Like yeah. one of those like tumbler cups that yeah. she just keeps alcohol in all day and like yeah. she's functioning and somehow people just let her drive and shit and you're just like, yeah. okay. Yeah, like if you watch these early sites, like, I don't know. I, I'm not, like, I actually don't think Macy's an alcoholic. I see people like say online that they think she is. Like, I don't think she is. I think she just drinks a lot. Right. And I think that if you drink enough that when people watched earlier episodes of you and they actively noticed, wow, Macy's not drinking in this. Right. Yeah. Like that means you drink a lot. Yeah. 100%. And there are, I agree with you. It's like, there are people who just like, I know people who just like have a beer every Mm -hmm. day. You know what I mean? Like they just, when they're not, when they're like idle, they just go grab a beer and and it's, they don't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think that she drinks to get drunk. I think that, like, he really drinks, like, for leisure. Yeah. Like, I think she probably has three beers every day. Which for is, sure. like, probably a problem, but, like, not really a problem. It's not yeah. a problem until it's a problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's managed pretty well. Yeah. But, like, do you know what I mean? Like, there are certain things, and we all have behaviors like this, that yep. it's, like, it's not a problem until it's a problem and it could become a problem, but it's not a problem. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah. So in this episode, Kyle King, Macy's boyfriend has to get knee surgery. Uh, they go to Nashville to help take care of him because that's where he is from. And did you notice that it's like snowing and nary a person in that scene had a winter coat on? <laughs> yeah, I did. It gave me, I hate, it's one of my biggest pet peeves. I was like, where are their coats? It's actively snowing. I hate, you know, men that, purposely don't wear coats because they think it makes them like look tough or something yes oh i hate that 
So basically the Macy's storyline, if you will, in this scene is that she's trying really hard in school. This is part of when Macy went to community college for like six full years because she just yes. like kept dropping out. And she's like, I'm really, really trying hard to go to school, but it's hard because I am a mom and I have a boyfriend. And I think those, <laughs> those are her two reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I guess she like, you know, last week, in the previous week, the advisor's like, you have to fucking come to school. And she's like, okay, I'm really going to go to school. And um, have you noticed that on shows like this, they're always meeting with their college advisors? I was literally about to ask you that. Why are they always meeting with their advisor? Is that just because the advisor helps move the scene along? I think so. And I think it also, um, I think it sets up, I don't know how to describe this, but like it sets up a way for them to talk to a person on, like, I don't know. It sets up a scene. Yeah. It moves the scene along, but they're always with an advisor. I don't know if I like ever saw my college advisor. I mean, between Kale, (laughs) Macy. Always. Uh, And what's her name? Um, And Chelsea meeting with like hair advisors or yeah, whatever they're, at Costco. They're always meeting with an advisor being like, well, you know, I'm a mom. I'm just like, how many times are you going to tell this woman your plan? They know, right? I definitely, I do remember like eventually meeting with my college advisor a couple times, like once I was like closer to graduation and we had to figure out like what classes I need to graduate. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure like every time I came into the office, I'd be like, hi, I'm Liz Bentley. Like, yeah. they didn't know me. We have like no personal relationship. <laughs> These advisors are um, personal therapists. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) And Macy just like comes in and sits Indian style in the chair every day, (laughs) talks about her future plans. Did you notice the classmates you went to, they didn't have desks? Yeah, I was like, is this some kind of fucking circle? I was thinking maybe it was acting class or something. I was like, why is she doing her homework on a book in her lap? Yeah. (laughs) This is so weird. So we see a really good, well, first of all, I did notice that Macy was still driving like a Saturn. Mm -hmm. And I think it's in this season that she upgrades to like the Charger. I'm always a little, uh, I'm a little um, disappointed when Macy's hair isn't a shade of red. Macy, Macy, Macy. Macy's like going full blonde. Actually, you know what the worst part about this is you watch this and you're like, why is Macy still wearing the same exact clothes? Can we talk? Like, why does Macy in 2020 have the same exact style as Macy in 2012? It's not okay. I mean... Macy, take your gauges out and, like, go get plastic surgery on your ears so that your ears don't look (laughs) like that. Like... I think that's what you have to do, like, right? And I, I hate when Macy's blonde. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. It's... I don't care if she's maroon, orange. I don't care what spectrum of red she is, but Macy's got to have red hair for me. Yeah. It's just like, I was watching. I was like, I think she still owns that outfit. No, for and sure. Where is it? Are you kidding? Oh my God. The, well, Macy, I will say in the last like two years has finally gained like 11 pounds Yes. But you know Macy was the same size like her entire life and she's a girl that has like 
literal clothes from fifth grade that she can still wear. (laughs) One thousand percent. Macy's the girl that, like, when she's pregnant, literally nobody knows. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, literally nobody knows, including Macy herself, supposedly, and not finding out (laughs) until she's six months pregnant. Because her baby bump is, like, a full meal for most people. I've been drinking a lot of beer. I thought it was a beer belly. I didn't know it was Bentley. Oh my God. Um, okay, so we get a scene of Ryan and Macy, and Ryan's picking up Bentley, and Ryan just casually is like, Macy's like, so when do you have work next? He goes, I don't work anymore. She goes, Was it for you? <laughs> that me up. I was like, Can we get these two a fucking ABC sitcom like I, yesterday? They were really good in this episode. Oh, the chemistry was there. It's because they always want to have sex with each other. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. And they're funny together sometimes. They are. And it was like nice to see um a carefree, you know, <sighs> nonchalant skinny Ryan. Yeah. Ryan like looks there, he goes, You've never worked a day in your life. <laughs> no, what the hell? She's like, What are you talking about? <laughs> also, she go Benny like is not having like he's not like crying at all or having a meltdown. And Macy's like Get in the car because Papa bought you a surprise. He got you a Thomas the Train track. And Ryan's like, why would you tell him that? He goes, your mother just loves ruining surprises. <laughs> I was like, these two are doing a full bit right now. This is yeah. amazing. Yeah. And back at Jen and Larry's, they play with Thomas the Train track and then it's time to eat. And they go, okay, Benny, we're going to get up and eat. And Bentley just lays on the floor with his face <laughs> against the floor and won't get up. And they just, like, get up and walk away and go have lunch. It's so funny. And he, the camera just pans him, just, like, laid across the Thomas the steam engine train tracks with, like, his face just, like, on the floor. Like, he's not crying. He's not kicking his legs. He's just like, this is where I live now. Honestly, I forgot how funny Macy's, like... I've always thought that Macy's whole thing, her whole universe is like hysterical. Like I think Ryan's dad is so funny. It's it's very funny in these these scenes where like there's no looming like Ryan is literally about to die of a heroin. Yeah. It's it's the old school carefree like yeah. you know how they used Larry to be. still is funny and like tells funny jokes, but then you're like, mm, this actually isn't funny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know like yes like there's still times where larry like tells a real funny joke and you're like haha that's funny and then you're like mm, no wait it's not funny because like like it like i don't know if we talk enough about the seriousness of the fact that like ryan's addicted to heroin and like probably will die of it because that's like what happens to heroin addicts and like that's like always in the back of my head when i'm watching ryan's stuff so it's like ha 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 okay this actually isn't funny yeah and, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, who would have ever thought that it would get as dark as it got? I mean, I wouldn't. I I did not. I definitely did not think that. And so you can watch these episodes and, like, there's such a lightheartedness that I don't think in the time we recognized how lighthearted it was with Macy mm-hmm. and Ryan. It's only through, like, like hindsight that we can, la- like, think it's so, like, funny and lighthearted. At the time, we're like, Ryan is so awful. Ryan is so bad. But now we're like, oh my God, pre-heroin addiction, Ryan. A gentleman, like, really. so funny. A gentleman, a beautiful jawline. I mean, <laughs> um, were you a Kyle fan? No, because I was always on team, like, Kyle is slow. <laughs> team Kyle looks like the movie Mask, for real. I mean, no, you know who he looks like? He looks like uh, Jesse Plemons. <laughs> he does. <laughs> 
doesn't he? Oh my god, he does. Yeah, he's like big dumb. The true definition yeah. of just big dumb. Like for ugh. people who don't know, that is Kristen Dunst's. Are they married? I think so. Yeah. Uh, husband. He was on Breaking Bad. On Ono, oh they didn't. They always called him Meth Damon because he, he kind of really looks like a meth look. version of Matt Damon. Like he really does look a lot like him. That's like actually kind of weird. Yeah, he was on Friday Night Light. Like, he actually is, like, a very successful working actor. Yeah, he's but... really good. He's on Fargo. Yeah, and he's Kirsten Dunst's baby's father. I don't know if they're married or not. They're very private. Yeah. But um, Kyle King looks like him. He does. He's just, like... A dumbass me. face. He's so... He talks so slow and so dumb. It's painful. Yeah, and I always felt like... I always felt like Macy, like, what are you doing with this guy? Like, I always yeah. felt like Macy could, excuse me, I just hiccuped. I always felt like at the time, Macy could do better looking back. Like, even in this episode, like, Bentley and Kyle are saying, I love you to each other, mm-hmm. which is like, I mean, I think natural. Like, Kyle was living with Macy and Bentley. But I remember at the time, like, thinking, like, what's going on? Because Kyle was, you know, like, they're like 20 at this point. Yeah. I think I've always been suspicious of like 20 year old guys that are like willing to move in with someone who has a kid and like play dad to them. Me and then too. Macy would, Macy in these early episodes used to be like, I want to have a baby. And like, yeah. I would be like, no. And I'm like, well, if you don't have a baby, like, why are you with a mom? <laughs> yeah, she was really, really, really like domestic, domesticated with him, which is so weird. Like, it, it was very strange. And also, like, I feel like a bad guy though no he was super nice it was honestly i think harmless i think he was just yeah kind of just he he was just like a big dumb idiot like he's not like anybody that would ever contribute anything to your life really yeah i also think kyle king was the first um non-dad serious living boyfriend that we saw on the show to the best of my memory and i i'm just like always suspicious (laughs) I, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, f- I remember there being like a, like an energy of like, you know, well, he's not Ryan. Like he's not mean and he's not yeah, you yeah. Know, like, so uh, people like loved him. But I remember like thinking like Macy's moving in too fast. Do you remember she like in season one before he, or season two, she like moves to Nashville with him and like, then it's just driving Bentley back. And the Edwards were like, wait, is Macy living in Nashville with Bentley? Oh my God, I don't remember like, that. what? Like, which is, you know, it's like a two hour drive. And like, she was in her right because she had full custody. But I just remember thinking like, she's moving too fast. Like this isn't, it's just so obvious. Like what Kyle King was, especially when you look at like where Macy's with Taylor now and like the type of relationship she has with Taylor. Mm-hmm. It's just so obvious that Kyle King was like a guy that was willing to be her serious boyfriend and Macy's a person that serial dates, I think. For and sure. Um, like, I don't think she ever really liked Kyle that much or cared that much about Kyle. It's just like, he was a guy that was like nice to her and was like willing to play stepdad and like willing to live with her. And she was like, cool. Yeah. He was a nice support system. He, yeah. He like would help out. She could always, I mean, trust him with her kid. And like, that was probably the biggest part of it was that she could leave Bentley with him for five months and everything would be fine. Yeah, I when she was like, okay, I'm going to go to school, and Kyle's like, I'll watch Benley. I'm like, he can't walk. I know, I How's know. I'm going to watch a toddler. <laughs> yeah, I know, and he's like, Bentley, you going to help me today? And he's like, mm-hmm. 
He <laughs> was so like truly like you've never seen a cutie patootie like Bentley in this episode. Oh my god, just like this. They should have had him in pageants, to be honest. Honestly, he would have killed a pair of suspenders and like some hot dice. Imagine him on toddlers and tiara. He would have been incredible. Especially in a fucking Chattanooga pageant. Are you kidding me? How <sighs> dare you even put that in my mind? He would like, I mean, just like impose his face on Justin Timberlake's pageant dance videos. <laughs> I know, because the style hasn't changed in Chatt- the Chattanooga pageant scene at all. No, I'm sure it has not. <laughs> Oh my god, Benny would have been so cute in a little pageant. <laughs> oh my god. Because there's like oh. nothing cuter than a little, like, than a mom, like, forcing her toddler son <laughs> to do pageants. <laughs> and like, a son that, like, lives for it. I <laughs> <Yeah>. love that. <laughs> the added bonus that he's, like, Southern. Come on. Yeah. Oh my god, wait. I just looked at my notes. And the way that I do notes for Teen Mom is that I write, like, each girl's name and then just do bullet points. And, like, when their segment comes up, like, go back to their bullet points so it's all together. And I just realized that instead of Caitlin, I wrote down Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) Well. I just looked and I'm like, who's Tyler? And then I I was like, oh my god. Is Tyler not the Simon Van Kempen of the Teen Mom? Of course he is. Come on. I mean, he is a Teen Mom. Come on. He is. It's why they've never broken up. (laughs) Tyler is 100% a teen mom. Tyler is a full-fledged cast member. Like, nobody else is on this show. Yeah. There's nothing really compelling about Caitlin without Tyler. No. He's the star. If they broke up, I feel like we would get more Tyler scenes than we would Caitlin. I 1,000... I almost feel like I could guarantee it. Because, I mean, like, and I, like, go hard defending Kate. I'm, like, Kate's biggest defender for whatever reason I have decided that Kate is, like, the broken bird that I need to, like, drag through this life. (laughs) (laughs) People present to me, like, people present, like, exactly why she's in the wrong about things. And I'm, like, "Mm, I just don't see it. (laughs) (laughs) I will say early Caitlyn was, like, a lot for me. Well, yeah. But I feel like... At least, in my opinion, I feel like Kate really got to such a dark place, and mm-hmm. we she seems to genuinely be doing better, which is yeah. so rare on these shows that I like cannot help but root for her. And because I met her in person, I even though I don't feel this way about Tyler at all, and he was there too, <laughs> I feel like so protective of her. It's really unwell. I get that, though. I mean, she's like the most... I don't think anybody could argue that she's the most genuine person of this whole franchise. I think a lot of people would argue it, which is what's crazy. But I agree with you. I think Kate is the person that is most true to herself. Yeah, and most honest on, like, the most honest about who she is on camera. Yeah, like, this is me. Yeah. This is all I can be. And you, I think it's because, I think it's because she's too simple to be anything else. I honestly. And that's why, like, Troy, people on Reddit get so mad about shit she posts. And I'm like, I just can't understand getting mad about someone that's so simple-minded. Like, what kind of shit? Like, her health, like, mental health stuff? Like, she'll, like, post something that's so fucking stupid. Like, it's stupid. And people will be like, why would she post that? I'm like, because she's an idiot. Yeah, she's simple. She is simple. Like, like I just can't, like, get worked up 
and this isn't really fair because I can get worked up about idiotic stuff that Leah posts and she's also quite simple. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I did, I, Troy, I watched a Team Mom 2 old episode recently and I realized that I couldn't figure out in certain scenes if Leah was high or she was just being stupid. <laughs> How dare you? Go watch some old episodes and play that game and let me know. Oh um, but for whatever reason, I find Kate to be so not malicious yeah that her like she'll post something like just truly stupid like like anybody that like she like will decide she like wants to make baby food for little baby veda and then she'll be like i can't believe anybody isn't doing this and people are like why would she post that i'm like because she's an idiot yeah Like, she's truly, simple is the only way that you really can describe her. Like, <laughs> there's just not a lot going on. She's never really had any interest or hobbies outside of, Ty- like, her hobby is Tyler. Yeah. She's never had a single hobby or interest. No, of her own. No. She just literally lives to please her man. Yeah, the- I also think that Kate is, um like somebody that just likes to sit on the couch and like watch tv and like scroll on her phone like no, i think like those legit. are her hobbies and that just like doesn't translate to reality television which is ironic it's like i mean even as far back as this episode like yeah, that was like an issue it. yeah that was like a problem and they're they're what are they 20 yeah okay first of all kate and tyler in this episode you've never seen a more asexual couple in your entire life oh my god because they're fucking siblings honey i mean well first of all literally literally yeah literally oh fuck uh i actually literally didn't even mean it that way but they like are <laughs> but they're like bro- you mean they're yes. brother and sister and it's like oh god they're i will say weird. one thing that i commend them for watching this episode made me think that they actually have more of a romantic marriage now than they did then which is crazy because i wouldn't say that they have that now one thousand i okay i don't personally subscribe to the tyler is gay thing i think he might be bi but like Mm -hmm. this episode was a gay guy and his best girl can we talk (laughs) i mean not to skip ahead but when he was like girl my fucking song is on bitch get the fuck up and let's go in there and dance, you goddamn whore, cunt bitch. She's like, ah, let's go. Let's go dance. <laughs> well, there was a period of time when the show was off the air that Ty, I don't know if you know this, but Tyler went to New Orleans to pursue acting, you know, where, where all the great actors go and like lived with an, like a real Jax and John in Miami situation. Oh, if you will. fine. Okay. I'm so surprised I don't, I don't know that. I don't remember it is because it was like very off air. And when OG was off air, like people really weren't following them that much. And this was still a pre-Instagram stories world. Like things we have to remember, like things were different between before Snapchat and Instagram stories. Oh, oh my god, are you kidding? So like, different. yeah, we followed them a lot on Twitter. Yeah, we followed their posts on the grid, which we just called Instagram at the time. Yeah. But like it was there wasn't like a every hour update on their lives. Yeah. And like full, sometimes films. Yeah. Like basically everybody just vlogs their life now. I know, you know, it's so funny. I was like, um, I was like watching all these clips of Britney and Kevin chaotic the other day on YouTube. And oh, like, they were vlogging. They were a family I mean, channel. Liz. <laughs> <laughs> they were a family channel before. <laughs> 
like the show is Snapchat. Like I had no problem watching the show. And I remember people being like, this is so jarring. There's no, there's no storyline. She's just yeah. filming stuff with the camera. And it's like, this is Snapchat. Yeah. Like, it's YouTube. This is literally, they were vlogging. Yeah. They were daily vloggers. Like, oh my God. I was like, this is a fucking vlog. No wonder this doesn't bother me. I do. I watch this every, I watch yeah. Trisha Paytas eat icing and shit yeah. for hours. Like, of course this doesn't bother me. Exactly. <laughs> but no, you're right. It was very, very, it's so different. So Tyler, like, I think maybe had his fun in New Orleans, whatever. But this, like, I don't know. I don't know about Tyler's sexuality. Like, if he came out and said he was gay, I'd be like, okay, sure. If he came out and said he was bi, I think that's probably the most likely. But, like, this was truly a gay guy and his best friend this whole episode. And so, and when he he kept going, honey. (laughs) He's like, honey, you're the only person I'm attracted to. Like, I've never heard a least sexual pet name. (laughs) A less sexual. Like, there were, like, I, I can't fully describe it, but it was like, like if me and you called it, we're like, honey, <laughs> yeah. honey, like that's yes. what they, that's what he sounded like. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's actually really, really interesting when you think about it. Cause it's like, whether he is gay or bi or whatever, there's an element of him that's like so in tune with like his emotions and like oh yeah he really really leans into all that stuff and she couldn't be with a a guy who wasn't like that like she needs to be with somebody because he has a lot of empathy for her even if he gets frustrated you can tell he has empathy for her he empathizes with her in a way that most men don't empathize with women he he gets frustrated and he gets upset with her but he also still lets her have her feelings exactly yeah you know for me what was hard like it was wild to watch because you're like so basically the premise of this episode is that tyler's in college kate's feeling a little disconnected from him tyler wants to go to his club with his friends and like the minute he says the word club caitlin starts crying and like watching that at the time i'm sure i was like bitch what the fuck but now like it's pretty clear to me that this is like all her cpsd Mm-hmm. like that her emotions were so out of control and I remember um before I got treatment for my CPSD like just like having a complete inability to have like any control over your reactions yeah and like I think you could watch the way that she's acting and call it manipulative and I'm sure it was manipulative but yeah. like I genuinely think like she has no like I don't think she's crying, like, she wants to be reacting like that. I think that she, like, genuinely has no ability to control any of her feelings. Yeah, I agree. They, they're just so raw. Like, her emotions are just so surface that, like, any tiny little thing can bring them out. And, yeah, I, I feel like the club, <laughs> the amount of times, by the way, we had to hear that phrase, like, the club <laughs> is a lot. But I think that the club represents, like, this is a place where I could lose him. It's not about, like, he's going to go dance with girls. It's, like, mm-hmm. this is the stuff that if he does it too much, he'll realize that I do, I am a fucking couch potato. And yeah. I'm not, you know, I don't have, like, my pre-baby body or whatever. And, like, all these things, like, he'll realize that I'm he's better than me. Yeah, and she definitely will say stuff like, 
I mean, through this episode was tough because she's like, I'm just not a 120 pound girl. And then mm-hmm. Tyler's like, well, I'm not an 180 pound guy. Like, I want to have muscles. Yeah. And she's like, you didn't have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Which, you I know, like, she just waits for the moment so she can use that. Yeah. That's like what's hard. It's definitely hard. Like, it's hard to watch this because she's not, it's so irrational. Yeah. Her behavior is so irrational that it's, it is hard to like have empathy for her in this episode. We'll be right back after a quick break. Something that you may not know about me is that I love to play puzzle games. I've been playing them since I was a little kid and I'm always on the lookout for a new game to pull me in. That's why I'm so excited that today's episode is sponsored by my new favorite puzzle game, Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a game you can play right on your phone and is designed to be played by anyone. Best Fiends is great because the puzzles are challenging enough to be engaging, but I don't feel overwhelmed or like I need to be some sort of serious gamer to play. Not to mention the bright colors of the interface and the cute characters you get to collect as you play. This is a perfect game for me to play while I'm grabbing a quick meal by myself or when I'm killing time in my car because I'm chronically early to everything. Best Fiends updates their games every month so it never gets stale. You don't need internet to play, so it's a perfect game for the subway or while traveling. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this 5-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Yeah, it's like, I mean, and also, by the way, the way that Tyler... I don't know if many people would agree with me, but I, I feel like the way Tyler, um, the way that he communicates with her is like 20 million times. He t- he sounds like a 30 year old sometimes. Yeah. Like when he said like, well, I don't, I'm not going to allow your insecurities to hold me back in my life. I mean, what was he 20? Yeah. Yeah. Cause Kate like does acknowledge like, this is my insecurities. Like I'm insecure. And then he's like, okay, well, I don't, <laughs> I don't really care tonight. Doesn't care. But he's like, well, I just can't let that control my life. Yeah, like, I'm going to a club tonight, whether you are able to deal with that or not. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you're going to do tonight, but I'm going out. (laughs) They go and see their counselor, who I think they still see or saw until recently, Kathleen. Yeah. And they're like, we need to have an emergency counseling session. I'm like, things are unwell. Insane. And by this point, these kids are already fully addicted to counseling, which isn't, like, the worst thing, but... I think at this point, they're, like, addicted to the idea that, like, we're going to counseling, but, like, not getting any better from it. Yeah, like, almost like they're addicted to the idea of being able to just talk about themselves in a room for an hour. Yeah, which, like, fair enough, Yeah, (laughs) honestly. They, like, have this counseling session that I don't even under, like... I listened to it and I was like, I guess, well, the therapist did point out like, you know, when Tyler like basically made Kate like say like, I don't think Tyler's going to cheat on me. (laughs) It's basically like what the counselor like made her do. Don't you love too that every single time this comes up, because this was a problem for years, right? Years, Mm -hmm. It still is a problem that Mm -hmm. Tyler would always be like, like, she'd be like, I don't know, like, you're just so good looking and so attractive and so, like, (laughs) hot. You're so hot. And he'd be like, babe, I know, but. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's so accurate. He would always be like, I know that I'm really, really, really good looking and that I'm way better looking than you, but I want you. I know it's unbelievable, but I do still want you. <laughs> oh my God. He really, he really would. You're just so hot. <laughs> He'd be like, I know, but fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh god he's like i'm not gonna cheat on her <laughs> i don't want any other girls honey <laughs> <That's> so stupid <laughs> it's interesting i don't know if you'll agree with me but they kind of have in a way like he kind of has jack's vibes sometimes oh for sure like i don't know exactly how to describe it but just that, like, like, that, like, yeah, and that constant, like, I'm not going to cheat on you, like, saying yeah. it over and over again, because Jax is always having to say that, but that's just because he does cheat. <laughs> right. Tyler has to say it because, like, Kate is, like, literally is going to melt from her insecurity. Kate, at all times in this episode, was about to go full Alex Mack and just, like, <laughs> turn into a puddle. <laughs> and, of like, her tears. And slither away. <laughs> She was a fucking nervous wreck at the thought of going to a nightclub. Caitlin, like, what Caitlin <laughs> wanted to say was, like, I just want to stay home, smoke <laughs> weed, and yep. watch TV with you. Like, and can't you be happy with that? <laughs> Why do we have to go out? <laughs> I, I think that the Jax thing that you're feeling, because I feel this too, is, and this is how I've rationalized it, because it was actually really bothering me the whole episode, how condescending he was. It's almost like there's, you know, there's like a part of Jax that likes the chaos, right? He has oh, Lindsay Lohan disorder. He loves the chaos. Yeah, yeah. He likes to live in it. And Tyler yes, likes yeah. seeing Caitlyn cry for him. Yeah. There's I a can, part of him that I think yeah, because, enjoys it. Because Tyler feels, let, let's get deep, because Tyler feels so rejected by his dad. Yeah. And the fact that his dad, like, never gave one fuck about him. Yep. That Caitlyn, like just loving him so much and needing him so much, I think feeds into Tyler's, like, my dad abandoned me, but, like, this girl's never going to leave me feeling. Yeah, which is why you saying all the time that they're trauma-bonded is, like, honestly the blanket statement that covers everything. Like, they just, their connection is so complicated and so layered, and I mean, the fact that you do have to kind of throw in there that they are siblings as well. Look, I'm just saying Isn't it interesting, though, that in one episode, at the same time, I found Tyler to be so condescending and also very empathetic. I know. I well, that's that's his gig, though. Like, cause like when he's saying like, "Well, I'm not gonna let your insecurities stop me." Like, it's almost like he's being <laughs> empathetic to her because he's acknowledging and validating her insecurities, <laughs> but also being condescending at the same time. Yeah, and he's being honest. I think there's a part of it where it's also like. He, he doesn't lie to her. Like, he doesn't, when he's feeling something, he tells her. Like, when they did go through their rough patch and he didn't know if he wanted to be with her, he was constantly honest about how he felt. And he never tells her what she really wants to hear, you know? Yeah. And I almost feel like, like, I, my friend, I have that energy. <laughs> and I feel like when my friends come to me, there's times where my friends come to me for advice because they want mm-hmm. that. But then there are times when they don't want to tell me things because they know that I'll tell them what they don't want to hear. Yes. And I feel like he and Caitlin have that same thing where there's sometimes where she just doesn't want to hear yeah. that shit. She just wants to be coddled and 
be nurtured, you know? Yeah, but they're not. <laughs> at least at this point in time, Tyler doesn't love her romantically, so he can't do that for her. Yeah, he's just giving her straight up facts constantly and watching her cry. Yeah, instead of just like holding her, being like, I love you, baby, and like having sex with her, he's like, girl, honey, yeah. <laughs> honey, honey, you can't let your insecurities do that. <sighs> Babe, we're going out tonight, and we're dancing. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think our, like, get-ready sessions are like? (laughs) Oh, my God. Lots of, like, body sprays. He's like, no, Kate. Honey, you can't wear that. (laughs) (laughs) They listen to, like, whatever Lil rapper is really popular on soundcloud at the, like the month like that month a hundred percent they rap screaming the n-word in the privacy of their home oh well not just that once tyler after dropping gate off at rehab in arizona treatment in arizona <laughs> would you know posted on a snapchat rapping along with that word <laughs> so yep i think you're right about that he like walks around in a wife beater the whole time like just so that she like can look at his body <laughs> God. especially his new the thing is i don't think kate's into tyler either and that's the thing that gets me because i think a lot of people like will watch this and be like oh that's so sad like she's so into him and he's not into her mm-hmm. i don't think kate's attracted to tyler really at all i think she like tells herself that tyler is hot and she's like will kill herself if tyler leaves <laughs> yeah because like she can't handle being alone or like that abandonment factor and so she's like i love tyler and want to fuck tyler but i don't really get vibes that she's into him either do you think that she is just like dependent on him emotionally now and like yes. that's just what it is yes and i think she has been i think because of the trauma bonding and because no one is ever there for caitlin and tyler's the only person in her entire life that's ever been there for her which is yeah deeply sad yeah. um i will say that in the most recent season when tyler said he wanted to separate i think like that i bet like within the next five years they'll be divorced because i think that was the first time that caitlin was ever like okay tyler and i could break up yeah like really yeah like i don't yeah. want to but like mm-hmm. we could and i'd be mm-hmm. like i just want caitlin to be with like some like super low key like i can picture in my head exactly what her next husband will look like and i'm thrilled for her about it (laughs) i do think it would be amazing for both of them to stray and then see if they find their way back to each other god like it's just sick that they're still together it's disgusting i mean i don't know if you saw the preview for like the next episode but there was like a moment where somebody was like have you guys ever like been with anybody else and Tyler was like no and then I was like do, do you think that you could be with somebody else and literally without skipping a beat he just like shook his head up and down real hard <laughs> he didn't even think twice about it like you know that every day Tyler does think like am I gonna leave her now like is this the day that I just fucking leave and go fuck some girl or some yeah. guy or whoever and the crazy thing is I think until Tyler was like I want a separation Kate never thought about that mm-hmm. ever Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, shook her awake a little. And yeah. she was like, okay, maybe, like, I like I know that nobody will believe me when I say this, but I think when they finally do get divorced, it will be Kate leaving him. And you I know that's radical. Him. I know. I know it's radical. But I think that Tyler, 
I think that Tyler just like can't leave her. And I think if Tyler could leave her, he would have already left her. You know, I don't think that that's so crazy to say. I really don't. I mean, I think that in the long run, she could, she would be not better off isn't the, the term I'm looking for, but she would be um, okay without him. And he would be much less okay without her. Yeah, because I think that um, people don't acknowledge how much uh, validation Tyler gets from being Kate's savior and being the perfect one and being the perfect husband and being yep. a team mom couple that's still together and the guy that who's, his wedding vows are like posted as like a meme about how much like this is what I want. And uh, I think he loves being the martyr. Yeah, I And agree. the poor suffering husband. And I think that people don't acknowledge that because Kate's issues are so glaring and take up all of the space on TV. You know what I mean? Like Kate's yep. depression is like so loud on TV. Right. That what is much less loud is like Tyler's like that he jacks himself off every night being like people fucking love me because I'm still with Kate. But like, how is that not something that people like, it feels so blatant to me. I think it's because Tyler isn't cruel about it. And he isn't yeah. loud about it. Like, I think it's just something that you have to realize after, like, watching and watching and watching. And, yeah, I think that, like, I think if Tyler was going to leave Kate, he already would have left Kate. I agree. And I, I do think that, like, that's, for me, that's the thing about Tyler that has always driven me the most crazy is that he's this know-it-all, condescending mm-hmm. fucker because... He has this, he basically is the equivalent of Cody Brown. Like all four of Cody's wives are in Caitlyn and they give, she gives him that much attention. You know what I mean? Like she gives him more attention than any woman could ever give their man ever. Like it is crazy. She's constantly feeding his ego. Yeah. And her biggest insecurity in life is that he's so beautiful that she can't keep him. Like, yeah. Yeah. Tyler like loves the fact that he is out of Kate's league and Kate knows it. Yeah, and he, like, knows that he's a good communicator, and he gets yeah. off on being, like, a therapy person. Uh, yeah. <sighs> Absolutely. But I don't, like, I don't, like, all that said, like, I don't think Tyler's necessarily, I don't think he's a bad person. Mm-mm. And I think that he just, I think we also ignore the fact that Tyler, I think it's easy for us to remember that Kate had a terrible childhood, but I right. think we also need to remember that, like, Tyler had a ter- terrible childhood because Butch was his dad. And even though right. Butch wasn't really there, like, it's not like Butch was there, like, actively beating him. Like, Tyler had a fucked up childhood. He, like, tried to kill himself as, like, yeah. a preteen. He was molested by one of his sister's friends. Like, Tyler really had a terrible childhood as well. And I think that, once again, Kate, and also Kate is the main character, but I think yep. Kate's issues are so loud and so present and fill up all of the room that it's so easy to forget all of this shit about Tyler. Also, Tyler's bipolar disorder and was like diagnosed with it and apparently doesn't believe in medicine for it or something. Like Tyler has a host of issues, but he is the secondary character and yeah. he is the one that is better looking and seemingly more put together and he's the voice of reason in their segments and he's not the one that has to go to treatment and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. That it's easy to like forget all of this. And that's the reason why Ty, you know what I mean? Like that, yeah, for sure. that feeds into all of this. I 100% agree with you. I also think given what you just said, like it's also easy to just like disregard 
how great of a, I mean, Tyler's like on the scale of teen mom dad to teen mom dad, like yeah. Tyler is like a fucking Adonis in, in, in comparison to yeah. a lot of these guys. And we've just had him in our lives for so long. It's like, look at how we have to nitpick him to find something really terrible about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 When we compare him to the Amber or to the Gary's and the Ryan or not Gary, excuse me, to the Ryan's and the Adams and yeah. like all of these people, like, yeah, Tyler is a really good person and dad, but they're like, he just has issues. And I think yeah. we talk, 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 talk about Kate's issues. And they're so prevalent in this episode where she like, is literally crying over nothing. And you just want to shake her and be like, shut the fuck up, Caitlin. Like, yeah. this yes. whole episode, like, you've never felt like you want to tell Caitlin to shut the fuck up more. <laughs> her therapist wanted to tell her to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Everybody wanted to tell her to shut the fuck up, but they didn't. And, but at the same time, it's like, I think it's kind of more interesting to talk about Tyler and his issues because they're like the underlooked part of this. <laughs> can we also talk about the fact that like when so when they do finally like go to the club like mm-hmm. they finally make it out to the teen nightclub or whatever which is yeah it's like an 18 to enter 21 to drink type of thing yeah like everybody's in there smelling like axe body spray sweaty yeah. like and they go outside and have like a little camera moment and she's like he's like see honey it's not so bad to go to the club right and she's like, it's actually not that bad, Tyler. But it's like, yeah, it's not that bad. Because, like, you're probably in there gripping his shirt. Yeah. Not letting him do anything or go anywhere. You're probably following him to the By fucking By the way, bathroom. I was like, I bet it's, like, 7.30 p.m. <laughs> I know, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that they're, like, sneaking out back to smoke blunts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, <laughs> God. Kate is wearing, like, this zebra top shirt, like... You've never seen a less club outfit in your life. Yeah, I know. Oh my God, I know. Tyler's uh, like, I just want to go dancing. She's like, Tyler, do you hear what's on? And he goes, oh my God, are you freaking kidding me, honey? <laughs> We're going in a dance now. Oh my God. He literally gives her like the most like kiki shoulder bump. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, never in your life have you seen someone who's more like, I, like, I just want to go to the club with my girls and dance. (laughs) (laughs) It's really, and you know what's kind of interesting is that he doesn't really act or talk like that anymore. Oh, this is what I was going to say. I feel like because now Tyler's aware of it. Yeah. Like, I feel like Tyler presents Butch Daddy now. Yeah, a lot more masculine. You know, whereas back then he was just so carefree and footloose and just being himself. He was so much gayer back then. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really, because he, he, like, if you want, he would never, like, talk and act like that now. Oh, my God, he would be, he would die before he acted like that on camera. I wonder if it's because he's had a genuine change or because he, like, somebody pulled him aside and was like, hey, so if you want to actively be able to hook up with guys and not have your wife find out and, like, have people (laughs) online find out, like, you should act differently on camera. Well, don't you think that that, that scandal that happened with him was like enough to like shake him yeah probably i also like i don't know like i said like i don't know if he even does hook up with guys like i don't know i feel very undecided i know i do too i think i agree with you though i think that, that he's at least by i think that he's at least um he's at least dipped and dabbed i mean i don't know i just feel like he has to have at least done something with a guy and also there's something to be said about the fact that he is so content in this relationship with this girl that he's like 
never really been like really sexually attracted to mm-hmm. and is just like so content being in this like emotional highly emotional it's not like this is like some chill situation where he gets to just like kick back yeah <laughs> no. no it's like it's really intense and he's been very content in it for years knowing that he could leave and you know i mean in his mind he has to think that he's like this gorgeous specimen I wonder if Tyler was born 15 years later, what his life would look like. Oh my God. Like if Tyler had been born in like 2002, Michigan, you know, and was yeah. a teen in 2020, Michigan. Oh my versus God. Versus being a teen in 2005 to 2010, Michigan, like what his life would look like. Oh, that's such, ugh. that's actually kind of sad. Yeah. Because I mean, he's still, you know what I mean? Like, I think that. Like, what is Jax? <laughs> Remember when Jax was explaining, like, why he was a rent boy in Miami? And he's like, <laughs> I mean, I'm from Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know any gay people. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I love that. Oh, Jax's rent boy season is my favorite season. I saw a blind item recently about, it was like Jax, it was about Jax. And it was mm-hmm. about, like, this reality TV star, like, had men paying his bills and i'm like how can it be a blind item if it's been a storyline on a fucking tv show where the john named john showed up on camera to talk about it (laughs) and i'm sorry first of all i know this is not a vanderpump rules podcast but in general we don't talk enough about the fact that like it was a storyline on vanderpump rules that Jax was gay for pay and like like the guy came on tv First of all, the guy came on TV. He came on TV lit specifically to make his presence be known. He was like kissing his cheek and shit on camera on purpose. <laughs> and then Tom Sandoval like flat out said that Jax has done stuff with guys for money. Like, it's like, so- he literally said it in his confessional. Like, can you believe that that was a storyline on television and we just like don't even talk about it? But honestly, yeah, I, I can because I think that like, the idea of somebody being a rim, like, the idea of Lala being a yacht girl is still really far out of the realm for a lot of people. They still don't, and she's <laughs> bragged true. about it, admitted it. She's married, marrying the fucking man. Yeah. I, like, yeah. you know what I mean? But they still don't. They're like, huh? Yeah. You know, especially, like, a guy who, like, yeah, they, you're right, because people are, people are idiots. People are idiots. It's gonna be about 10 years before we're able to really figure that one out. Speaking of yacht girls, Oh, God. Should we transition? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Speaking of Yacht I don't girl. even, is there, I understand that Yacht Girl is the term <laughs> for it, but don't you think there should be a special term for the Dubai Girls? Can we start just, I think we should just start calling them the Dubai Girls. Because Ferris fooled Dubai Girl. For people who don't know, Yacht Girl is a mm, euphemism for prostitute or yeah. sex worker, like full service sex worker. Yeah. And the, I, because that's what, I think that's the like current accepted term, full service sex worker. Uh, someone who gets paid to have sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, except it's like what we used to call in the early 2000s a high-end escort. Remember that right. phrase? Or like call girl? Yeah, yeah. Remember when Elliot Spitzer got caught with like the high-end call girls? Yes. Like in 2020, <laughs> I guess we would call those yacht girls, except it's a little less, um, like you don't have a madam. You know what right. I mean? Like, it's not like, it's not so like 
this is what this is. Basically, it's like you get flown out places, you get paid to be on these guys' yachts, and like you have sex with them. Mm-hmm. So it is prostitution. It is sex work. It's just like this version of it that exists that former celebrities do. Like Lindsay Lohan is probably the most famous yacht girl. Yeah. Um, but like Instagram models, like a lot of Instagram models are doing like sex work on the side. They just, I think it's like a type of lifestyle that's a less obvious, like you don't pay me to show up and pay me by the hour. Yeah, and, like, when you <clears throat> when you start, like, getting into it, like, looking up people who are, like, yacht girls, and there's also, like, yacht guys. I don't know why, mm-hmm. like, the term girl is associated with it, as if these, like, Instagram male models aren't doing the exact oh, same thing, like you know? like, David Geffen doesn't have his yacht boys. Yeah, like, hello. Um, yeah. But it's, like, it's funny, because it's, like, when you get into it, you realize that there's all these, like, different, like, there's, like, people who supply guys for, like, all these rich yeah. guys, that, or, or girls, or whoever, and they're not really so much like involved. They just get to hang out and supply people or like, Mm -hmm. you'll find that there's like people who like, like back in the day, Sean William Scott used to be somebody who was just like, he would like get boys for people because he was hot, you know? And it was like easy for him to get guys for executives because he was a hot guy and it was just a nice, easy transition. So there's all these like elements of it, but it's, it is, it's fascinating because it's almost like the social media era of it's like a it's a more yeah it's um i would say it's a easier to brag about sex work because it's it's a more um like like you take the picture on the yacht and you're like well this is like my this he's my boyfriend or he's someone that i'm like spending time with like it's less of a like clear client sex worker relationship yeah, like, they've found a way to make it feel more, like, aspirational. It's, like, you're still getting the picture on the yacht, you know, which yeah. is, like, the point, really. Yeah, exactly. It's like, to get the money and to get the picture on the yacht, and, like, you get to, like, you know, show off on Instagram. And this is what Farrah does. Like, yeah. I've definitely talked about this in the podcast. Like, when Farrah's in Dubai, she's there because a man paid to fly her out yeah. to spend time with her, and he's paying her God knows how much money. The worst part is that she like brings Sophia on these trips. Yeah. Like who's watching Sophia in the Dubai hotel when Farrah goes out to do God knows what. <laughs> I can't even. Like. I, oh God. So you still closely follow Farrah and all of her shenanigans. I do. I, I follow her, her pretty, pretty intensely. Yeah. <laughs> she's like really your type of person to follow. Yeah. Like she, she has fallen into my kind of reality star, which is crazy. I never thought I would see the day. Yeah. And Farah does, I mean, Farah is, like, Farah pays her bills by being a sex worker. Yeah. And she's unapologetic about it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, in a way she is, but then also, like, it's her Farah doublespeak. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little classic doublespeak. And I mean, she has been for a long time because she made all that money off her sex tape and then selling, you know, doing the strip clubs and the sex toys and yeah. all of that stuff and then the only fans videos mm-hmm. and then finally like is now just like fully going to dubai for three weeks at a time doing god knows what with who knows what she pops up on guys yachts. she had sophia on a yacht recently i mean she showed up at the fucking oscars yeah 
I mean, that was one of the most shocking things I've ever seen in my life. Her walking the Oscar red carpet. I forgot about that. Like, like I- that was. <laughs> But yeah, it is, I mean, the fact that she brings Sophia on these trips and you know she's introducing her to all these men, like, it's just... Yeah, of course. It, it's really scary. And they had a little bit of drama last week because Farah, I guess, was in Mexico and somehow people online figured out... I would imagine maybe Sophia posted something because, as everybody knows, Sophia just has unlimited internet access. Right. Um like just full access to whatever she wants to do on the internet and it was a little hard for me to follow this but I think maybe Sophia posted something about being alone and there was speculation that Farah had left Sophia in LA and went to Mexico uh, like left her by herself uh and people called CPS on her uh which like I don't mean to laugh about but honestly if anybody should be involved with CPS it's definitely Farah uh yeah, and, I was like telling you the other day that I was listening to Phoebe Price on a podcast and she oh, was right. talking about, she was like only there to talk about Farah really. And mm-hmm. um, she was talking about how, you know, cause it's interesting cause Phoebe Price has like firsthand, I mean, Phoebe like got her into the game basically and Correct. like has firsthand experience like watching Farah with her daughter, like candid, you know? And mm-hmm. she basically said like, yeah, Farah goes and meets these guys and most of the time she leaves Sophia in the car for however long she's with this guy. So it could be all day that Sophia, like eight, nine hours, Sophia yeah. sits in a car in the sun. Yeah. Or I would imagine just leaves her in the apartment. Yeah. She leaves her alone all the time at home. Like it's, she like has almost killed all their animals. Like she's really I just do remember, like, I think it was Phoebe Price. It was somebody saying that Farrah showed up to Coachella with Sophia and like, I think Phoebe's mom was there yep. and Farrah was just like, Sophia's going to stay here with your mom. And Phoebe's like, what? Like my mom didn't agree to babysit. And her mom is like dying of cancer. Like she's like yeah. really sick. Like she can't do anything on her own. And like Phoebe was like, it was just crazy because there was no like discussion, like her even bringing Sophia was crazy in the first place. Yeah. And then there was no discussion of like, it's fine that my mom watches her. Like Sophia was just, or fair was just like, she's going to watch Sophia. And like the thought of, it's just like so sad. Like, you know, we like joke about Sophia all the time, but like, it's really just horrible. Yeah. And you know what the worst part is? Not that I think Deb or Michael should necessarily have custody of her because it's not like I think they were good parents at all right but I think obviously it would be better than Farah having her but the sad part is that Farah won't do that not because she's interested in being a mother but because she wants to make Sophia a star right, and yeah. you can't do that if Sophia is in Council Bluffs Iowa with Deb 1000% like Sophia is her talent that's yeah. it she really fancies herself as a Chris Jenner, which is yeah. quite terrifying. I know. Because you like, know who she is. She's not a Chris Jenner. You know who she is? Oh God, who? Big Kathy Richards. Oh no, she is. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. She just isn't lucky enough to have a Kim Richards daughter that really is a good actress and really charismatic and cute. Yeah. I and think like- Sophia is very cute, but I don't think she has the it factor. Oh, I totally agree. And I don't think that Sophia genu- genuinely wants to be doing any of the no. shit that Sophia's she's doing. going to be so beautiful when she's older, by the way. She's really starting to grow into her face, if you've noticed. Yeah, for sure. Like, 
but she just doesn't have like that it factor that child starts to, which is totally fine because 99% of people don't have it. You and I don't have it. Like, exactly. Like, <laughs> I know how badly you wanted to be a child star, Troy. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Nickelodeon never called. I don't understand why. <laughs> Thank God though, right? I remember I used to, like my biggest dream was actually to be on the show, The Great Pretenders on ABC Family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <was> so specific. <laughs> Because I think I, like, had an inherent understanding that I couldn't sing. But, like, you only had to lip sync on that show. Remember? Yes. Oh, my God. Uh. With that wild, that girl band that hosted it. Like, Wild yes. Cherry. Oh, my God. I love that. In the greatest dancers. <laughs> for the great pretenders. Um, I loved that show. And, like, that, I was like, that's the show for me. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. I love that ABC Family was your gig. Oh, loved it. It was like on Saturday mornings, I would like just like choreograph routines for this show. But like, Sophia doesn't have it. And so Big Kathy, Kim and Kyle Richard and Kathy Hilton's mom uh, got very lucky that one of her daughters did. And another one was like good enough to drag along. Right. Um, And Farrah is not quite that lucky. So I think that Sophia is going to get all of the darkness of Kim and Kyle Richards' childhood without also being in Escape from Witch Mountain. Yeah, and plus, like, with the Hilton family, it was, like, just assumed that they would do something, uh, like, big. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're a Hilton. Like, you have to. Whereas, like, Farrah doesn't know what the fuck she's doing Yeah. with this kid. She has no idea. No. None. So this episode is, like, first of all, like you said, it's kind of, it's funny watching Farrah have these tantrums because she's a kid. Right. Yeah. She's, yeah, it's like way less, way more harmless. So it's actually like really entertaining. So the Farrah segment is that this is when she decides she wants to go to college in Florida. And she like, it starts off with her talking to Deb and she's like, well, I want to go away for college. And Deborah does this thing, this whole episode, which is like, I didn't think I noticed this the first time I watched it where she agrees with Farah, agrees with Farah, and then cuts Farah off mm-hmm. right at the knees. And Farah's like, I want to go to school. And Deb's like, absolutely. And Farah's <laughs> like, I want to go away to school because, you know, like going away to school is really important. And Deb's like, I want that for you too. That's amazing. And then Farah will be like, well, I want to go to Florida. And Deb will be like, no, I don't think so. People think you don't get to go to Florida. <laughs> And then Farrah does that condescending thing that she's, like, the queen of, where she's like, okay, mom, well, I have to go to look at college pamphlets for Florida. As she starts crying. Like, the moment, the moment Deb, even though Deb is, like, infuriating, she's absolutely not wrong. When Deb's like, how are you going to go to Florida with your, just your baby and go to school? And Farrah's like, okay, mom, okay. Okay. Way to be negative, mom. Okay, I get it, mom. Okay, I get it. I get it. No, I get it. But it's like all Deb said was like, it's going to be really expensive for you to have childcare if you want to go to school, which is absolutely true. Yeah. Farrah at this point is living in her parents' guest house. They are like Sophia's full-time caregivers. Is this culinary Farrah or no? Yes. Okay. This is culinary Farrah. Okay. Farrah who had to cook a pizza for her culinary school and went and bought the pre-made crust. <laughs> to be fair, I'm pretty sure she was going to school for like restaurant management, not like yeah. 
culinary arts. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I wrote down the exact line. Deborah goes, absolutely. But most people don't take their babies with them. <laughs> when Farrah Deborah says, of- Farrah goes, most people go away to college. <laughs> Deborah had a lot of wacky lines this episode. Oh my God. And at like very end, memorable. At the I just need to skip ahead and say this because they go to the beach and Farrah's gone, oh Deborah. God. And Farrah goes, there are waves. There were like real waves. And Deborah goes, they'll pull you right out and kill you. She goes, those will kill you and baby. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> like, it's not like Farrah. The waves will kill you. <laughs> Like, in her mind, she pictured that Farrah, like, threw Sophia into the ocean. Like, she was, like, holding her. <laughs> also, by the way, can we talk about Sophia's first experience on the beach? We... <laughs> no, wait, wait. We need to, like, first, I want to talk about when they're still in Iowa. In the first scene we see of Sophia, she's just, like, laying on top of, like, a side table. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how funny Sophia used to be. So funny. It's also it's crazy how much younger Sophia seems than Bentley. I know. Bentley's like a full kid here. Like he's a toddler, but he's like talking and running around. And Sophia's still like a baby baby. Well, remember Sophia didn't talk for like a long time. Yeah, well, and she also had that pacifier until she was like eight. Yeah, like she was. She might still have a pacifier. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. She at least sucks her thumb. Yeah. But so Farrah has a dog. Oh, Lord. Its name is Candy, which was the name of my uh, Aunt Lynn's Bijan Frise, who was a terror and the worst dog to ever exist. It, like, was untrainable. Like, Candy was never trained in her life. (laughs) At one point, Lynn got her a dog, like, a dog uh, psychic to come over to (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, I love that. And talk about... um, and the dog psychic said, she, I swear to God, she's, she needed to go out for walks more. She wants more kibble. Is that so funny? <laughs> but Candy was a nightmare of a dog. So I really felt connected to Farrah on that. But I guess she didn't get the dog fixed. So the dog's in heat and she's changing the dog's diaper. And she's like standing over the trash can to change the dog. And she goes, don't worry, I won't throw you in the trash. That's how I get, by the way, that she, Farrah thinks she's picking the dog up by its scruff. (laughs) She's actually holding its throat. She's just holding its throat and carrying it by its throat. When she said that line about throwing it in the trash, I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) She is. Oh, wait, I wrote it. She said, it's not like you're going in the trash can. Calm down. She is a dark spirit with animals. Very. It's not okay. Phoebe then, Price also said that Farrah like left her dogs. She like brought her dogs well, to Coachella. Oh yeah. And left them in the cages for like hours and hours. Which is when no Phoebe water. like turned on her because Phoebe's like a dog lover. Right. Yeah. Um. Well, and also like famously, like a couple years ago, Sophia maybe killed one of their dogs by accident. Um. It's like okay. <laughs> One of the dogs died, and then Sophia left an Instagram comment, as you know, most eight-year-olds do, defending themselves over the death of a dog. Oh my God. Um, and said something about she threw the dog. Oh, no, I can't no, remember no, exactly no. what yeah. she said, but somebody said that what Sophia actually said was like 
possibly she meant like I just like tossed the dog a little like oh no like what she wrote was like I threw the dog off the balcony or something like that or (gasps) onto the balcony (laughs) like basically but somebody said it's possible she was actually saying like this phrase that meant like like I kind of lifted the dog up and put her outside um but she was also like eight and like defending her family over the death of their dog on Instagram to strangers you know which is like totally normal Christ have mercy so it's like possible Sophia killed one of their dogs but also possibly not like I personally think that maybe she was just like being an eight-year-old typing on Instagram and like wasn't shockingly wasn't clearly explaining herself right yeah yeah um, well, Farah is also clearly not like teaching her daughter to like yeah. love these animals in any way. Like, really. Yeah. yeah. Well, in this episode, she's like, I'm giving candy to the neighbor. Yeah. And she's like, she wants her and she wants to have her. So, like, it's just so normal to <laughs> just find a person to take your dog. Yeah. And Michael comes over. And Michael, also very young and attractive in this episode. I know. And also, he I was forgot. hot in this episode, right? Like, that wasn't just me. Oh, I've always kind of thought Michael was, like, really attractive. But, like, back in the day, I forgot. Michael was, like, really pretty good looking. You know what the issue is, Troy? And I have bad news for you. We're getting it's old. that we're 10 years older than when no. we watched this episode. And those guys are, like, they, uh, like, when we're watching old episodes, they're that age. You know what I mean? But oh we're 10 God. years older. No, I And can't. that means we're, like, 10 years closer to that age that they were in that episode. And Michael's probably, like, 50 in that episode. And now we're 32 this year. Ugh. Um, When we were 22 when we originally watched oh this. So God. now we're watching it and we're like, Michael's hot. And that's because <laughs> we're 32 and not 22. Like, did anybody else think Michael was a catch by chance? Like, <laughs> like I know 22-year-old me was not watching. Like, Ferris, that is hot. And now I'm watching, I'm like, was Larry hot? Was, was Michael hot? And it's because we're 32. That's uh, scary, right? That's not great. So uncomfortable. I hate that. I know. It's really, it's, it's, it is like, uh, sociologically interesting. Yeah. That, like, both of us are, like, are these men hot? Where, like, if we were recording this episode in 2009, being, like, fresh 22-year-olds, we would not be talking about how hot the dads were. If we were recording this episode in 2009, Liz, we wouldn't have moved on from, uh, from, uh, what's his name yet? Ryan. From Ryan. I'd still be talking about Ryan right now, (laughs) an hour later. And now we're, like, oh, Ryan looked cute. I know. (laughs) I know. And I'm like, but Larry. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, but anyway, Michael was hot in this episode, like yeah. full on attractive. And that means we're old. Yes, for we're sure. We're now closer, like in attraction range to the dads than like the teen dads. Ew. I know. Ugh. It's not great. I hate that for us. I, I truly hate that for us. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Michael comes over and he's like, well, you know, mom and I just, remember how you would always like speak about Deborah and be like, well, mom and I, mm-hmm. not like your mom and I, he would always say, well, mom and I yeah, really help you a lot. And there <laughs> says, you know, Michael, here's the thing. I'm obviously not oblivious to you guys helping me. <laughs> <laughs> I also loved him when he came in and talked to her. She goes, okay. Michael, just walk right in. Like, girl. <laughs> That's Michael's home. You're <laughs> living in his yard. 
<laughs> Are you kidding me? God. Can you believe that Deb and Michael were ever married? No. I can't believe that Deb is the same person. She, oh, by the way, yesterday on Instagram, Deb says she's never had any face work done. <laughs> like, bitch, it we was, saw you on Being Farrah ask for $8,000 for a liquid facelift. And we wonder why Farrah is so fucking crazy. God. Like, her parents are, it's truly watching all three of their dynamic in this episode like the minute either of them talk to her and she starts to cry or like is immediately like fighting with them but they instead of their response being like farah like let's talk about what's going on like instead of them being like why are you crying right now like why are you so upset like what can we do to help you they just like go in on this like i love you farah farah we love you and baby goo <laughs> and it just gets fair matter because she's like you guys don't act like you love me <laughs> i was thinking when, when i was watching the episode how they communicated before sophia because they're definitely one of those families where the baby talk became just like the talk mm-hmm. like how did she address farah before um i think they've always done that weird like keep sweet voice (laughs) keep sweet voice (laughs) it's so creepy yeah i think they've like deb has always i think deb's two modes have always been like so abusive that she's like hitting like literally beating farah yeah and doing like a and i think this is why farah is so fucked up and why she like can gets madder and madder the more they do it is i think like Deb would like literally beat Farrah with a belt and then be like, I did this because I love you. That was another thing that Phoebe said that like Farrah told her hysterically that like, you know, she would get the shit beaten out of her with like, you know, she did. Like, the belt. They talked about it on, on marriage boot camp. Like they admitted to it. She also said too that like Deborah was so like, like man crazy yeah. that it was just like, every other day not every not even like every other week or month or year it was like every other day there was another man coming in the house that she would choose over farah and like introduce him basically as like her new dad and like weekend after weekend she would go out and get hammered and like meet a guy that would be like this is your new daddy you know what i mean i don't know if that that is true because deborah and michael were together until farah was in her 20s that's what i thought i was like so was she cheating well, De- Michael admitted to cheating on Deb, like, hundreds of times. Oh, maybe well, not hundreds, must... but, like, dozens of times. So That maybe... adds another element to it, then. She probably was just cheating and probably telling Farrah not to say anything. I mean, let's be honest. Like, Phoebe Price is, like, you know, 49% accurate. How dare you? She is a Southern debutante. <laughs> Media socialite. <laughs> Don't you have people who call themselves socialites? It's my favorite thing. And she says it so often. And you're like, who are you again? <laughs> like, oh, you're that lady that shows her underwear on in to paparazzi all the time. Okay. Yeah. So Farah decides she wants to go to college in Florida. And if you don't remember, she does end up leaving Sophia in Omaha. Oh yeah. And moves to Florida. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, she did. I forgot about that. Which is like the correct thing to do because how was she going to take care of Sophia there wait how long did she leave her I think just one year 
oh my god i completely blocked that out i forgot that she had left her but yeah, yeah that is the right thing to do probably the smartest thing she's ever done i mean like i said not that i think like deb or michael is like the better alternative to farah but like what how is farah gonna live in florida and watch sophia and go to school and also like deb is like obviously fucking batshit crazy but like she's also like older now and like mm-hmm. you know the if it's between going to dubai and like oh of course you know, the ants. well actually i guess the real solution is michael and his yeah. wife amy yeah, they are the silver lining of this whole situation. I mean, but Michael is still, like, fucking nutters, like, beyond yeah. nutters. But I still think it would be better than Sophia going to Dubai, correct? For sure. Like, it's, when you really think about her bringing Sophia on these trips. It's, well, it's fucking crazy. Here's the, here's the reason that I can't kill myself. It's because what if I die before Sophia writes a tell-all? Oh my god, can you imagine what all this stuff she'll have to say? Her version of Mommy Dearest? I mean, like, if I died today, I would miss Sophia's tell-all, and that wouldn't be right. <laughs> You'll miss the, like, lifetime telling of this fucking story, because it's gonna be... It is There's going so, to be... I have to live so that I can be alive when the, the first round of reality TV t- uh, children turn... 30-ish. Because I'm picturing that Sophia and Farah are going to have a very, like, Candy and Tori spelling situation. Oh, of course. No, except something even darker than Candy and Tori. Yeah. I, like, I can't think of ex- I actually know exactly who they are. Courtney Stodden and her mom. Yeah, absolutely. They are, for sure. Yes. 1000%. Like, it's going to be ongoing and long, and Sophia will write some terrible book about Farah. Not terrible, but like, honest book about Farah. Mm-hmm. And then they'll have a public estrangement, and then they'll get back together. Like, I have to live to see this. They'll fight through TMZ. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be yeah. so good. It will. It'll be great. Oh. So, Farah goes, to, well, first she gives the dog to the neighbor, and she says, Candy's going bye bye. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, not that upsetting because Sophia's, like, literally a baby. And, like, yeah. like why Farrah thought it was a good idea to get the dog in the first place? <laughs> and she keeps getting dogs her whole life and hates all of them. Is, isn't it crazy that Farrah, of all people, gets dogs? Like, Farrah hates animals. She gets them and then bleaches their hair and dyes them pink and blue. Because, you know, and... Farrah's, like, a crazy clean freak. Yeah. Fair, nothing about Farrah will ever make sense to me. So I wrote, <laughs> once they get to Florida, I wrote TBT to taking kids in cabs without car seats and just having them ride on your lap. Because, <laughs> like, in 2009, like, it wasn't great, but, like, we accepted that as a thing that people did. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of, like, putting the kids in car seats and then, like, not buckling them either. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> Teen Mom is, like, the king of that. Yeah. Um, Farrah goes and looks at apartments and they're all, it's like, just like a classic Florida, like not nice, but not shitty apartment. It's just yeah. so different from watching this Farrah, by the way, this is, we haven't talked about how this is Farrah's old face and body. Oh my God. How have we gone this long without talking about original Farrah? We're literally watching, watching a completely different person. Like, I don't even think she had gotten her boobs done yet. Nope. Cause I was like staring to see. Because I think she gets her boobs and her nose done after this season. Yeah. Because she gets this... a nose job pretty early. 
Like, this is like, <laughs> this is like scrunched hair, like boho. No, not boho. That's not the word we are looking for. You're looking for Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah. Hollister. This is Hollister, Farah. Like, ripped jeans, flip-flops, mm-hmm. like, you know, cardigan. Surfer girl, but is like from Iowa. <laughs> Literally. Like, I, oh, the hairs on my arms are standing. I just, I miss old Farah so much. It's actually insane how different she looks. I know. It's crazy. You look at her, this is like such a gross comment, but like looking at her cute little body in this, mm-hmm. you're like what the fuck did you do? I know, because she was so adorable. She was so adorable. And I can understand like the nose job and like doing a little something to your chin, but like that BBL she got looks so crazy. Her boobs look so crazy. I will say though, it's it makes like a, there was a really big part of me that was like, you know, obviously Farah has some sort of body dysmorphia, and like she does, of course. But there's also the element of like, Farah is the kind of yacht girl that that's like the look. Yeah, like she's not like the yacht girl. She's not like a Lala Kent yacht girl. She is the yacht girl that has like cartoon boobs, and she's mm-hmm. like um, she's a porn star. Yeah, like a porn star yacht girl. She's got cartoon boobs, big cartoon lips. Like, yeah, that's like a specific kind of girl that these guys like. A hundred percent. Absolutely. I don't disagree with you, but it's still sad to see. Oh, it's horrific. It's like, it's horrific. I also, it's like seeing her even be able to like move her face and stuff and like yeah. the old Farrah cry that's like no longer, you know, she can't do anymore. Like, I will say I definitely miss watching Farrah just like cry over nothing. Oh my God. Like the whisper that leads into a, a long, uh, I, I mean, I don't even have the words. And then they go to the beach, which first of all, it looks freezing. <laughs> it looked like it was miserable. There's like nobody else there. It's like raining. <laughs> Sophia is terrified. <laughs> you have to try and explain because I can't. Explain what Sophia was doing physically to not touch the sand. <laughs> <laughs> Farrah just like plops her down and she's like, like you can like tell she... her whole body like like physically tenses up to be like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Like, what is this? Like, she's never, and she was barefoot. Yeah, and, <laughs> and Farrah's like, Farrah, also it's wild to watch because Farrah's like mad at Sophia for her reaction. I know. She's like, Sophia, you can't be scared. Like, and she's doing that voice where she's like, that her mom does to her. Yes. That she's like not really yelling at her and using this soft baby voice, but also saying shit that's like totally illogical to say to a two-year-old the first time they're on the fucking beach. (laughs) And it's like raining and the the waves are crashing and she's never touched sand before and she's like kind of scared and fair's like sophia you're gonna have to get used to the beach if we live here you can't be scared of it and it's like no she's allowed to be scared of it she's a baby (coughs) sophia's giving all these like vaudevillian fucking shirley temple eyes like to the camera like get me out of (laughs) here sophia probably turned to one of those camera people and like did her arm like lifted her arms up like up yeah And, like, when she was standing on this the sand, she started trying to, like, she was, like, hot potatoing the ground, and she tried to stand on, on Farrah's feet. 
that her feet wouldn't touch the sand. I'm so sad. And Farrah's like, Sophia, <laughs> you need to love this. Like the way, and she's like walking her out into the ocean. Yeah. Like I would have been scared. The waves were huge. Yeah. It's just, it's so funny because it's like, you can tell, like, if you just watch this episode in a vacuum, you like maybe wouldn't notice it. But with all that we know about Farah, you right. know, she's like mad at Sophia in this scene. Oh, for sure. She's going to get yelled at for embarrassing her. <laughs> God. There's a YouTube video. I think I posted a clip of it to my Instagram like forever ago. But um, there's a YouTube video from maybe like a year ago that Farah uploaded because, you know, sometimes she does YouTube. And yeah. it's just her like walking around venting into a camera. And she goes, well, Sophia had her MasterChef Junior audition. And, you know, she just really didn't take it seriously and didn't care that I prepared with her for <laughs> eight hours the day before. <laughs> like, you have to watch it. Like, it's on, if you go on Farrah's YouTube page, like, because she doesn't upload that often, it's just like, a clip of her like literally like walking around like Lon- like she's like I'm in London but like it's just her like walking around and like ranting into a camera and there's just this segment of her like talking about Farrah blowing her master stuff junior audition which like of course she did and like Farrah's like and she just didn't even care that we prepared for it for eight hours and I was like oh god <laughs> Things I can literally I see it in my head and I cannot wait she's to like just it. like wearing a trench coat and like talking to the camera like a vlogger and just like walking around and being like and then she's like I'm just not having a very good day guys <laughs> like doing that weird like happy voice she does when she's really mad do you how many of like what guys from the whole franchise do you think have tried to fuck Farah? Mm, Jeremy okay yeah for sure um Ryan possibly Adam like back in the day yeah uh, Javi. Oh, Javi for sure. Javi and Farah probably have fucked. I, I was gonna say they probably like he's fucked her. Also, she's probably fucked like a dad. I was gonna say I feel like some of the like Butch has probably tried for sure. Oh, she Butch probably has, has Butch Farrah. blocked. Like yeah, 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 for sure. She wouldn't stoop to that level. Yeah, but maybe she's fucked like. I'm trying to think. But I bet, like, some of the dads have tried to fuck her. I think that Ryan has at least jerked off to Pharaoh. That's all I'm saying. Oh, for sure. Which is probably, like, part of the reason that Macy was so mad about that porn. Yeah. Because I bet Ryan said some, like, cash shit to her about it. Yeah. Because um, you know that all the guys had that porn saved. Like, all of them are probably like, oh, my God. I'll never be over that. Like, not, um, we just, like, don't talk about it enough that, like, Farah not only decided to do a porn that she did one with James Dean, which by the way, you can listen to our Smushroom episode that I we recorded know. like two full years ago. It's honestly not to like be biased, but one of the best Smushroom episodes. It's just, I think it's very funny. It's my and, highest rated episode. Do you know that? Oh, I love that. <laughs> my most listened to highest rated episode. Well, it's, it's Farah and James Dean. And it was the first one that like, that was like just like a completely fake relationship because they yeah. never had any sort of relationship <laughs> right. ever. And <laughs> so not only did Farah like decide to do a porn, she decided to do one with like the most recognizable male porn star of the last 30 years. And she decided <laughs> like she got fucked in the ass. Yeah, it was like on top of it, it was like anal. 
And then she like really walked around and told people it was a leaked private sex tape. <laughs> Even though the her co-star and the production company all said that they were they paid her and it was and, a contract. Like there was multiple camera angles. <laughs> and hair and makeup and everything. Oh they God. they rented a mansion. There were scenes. Yeah, like you just walked into a mansion and okay. It's truly insane. It's so insane. It's so, I always wonder like what Farrah's life would be like if she didn't do that. It would be completely different. Like honestly, I I honestly think that in another world, Farrah, I do still think that she would have like done a bunch of weird, wacky businesses Mm -hmm. for sure. Like she probably still would have had that furniture business. Like I could see all those things still happening, but her life would just be night and day it's interesting because the porn is what made her the most famous teen mom right Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. and it's what gave her the most name recognize i can't think reckon the most name recognition it's a thing that made her her but it's also what sent her down this path because as you and i discussed like she was lying about what she was lying when she said james dean assaulted her because she just was like Mm -hmm. she was we if you want to listen to our episode about it we like break down line by line about what she said was a lie but i can only imagine what happened to her on that tour she went on oh my god like post sex tape she like went on this tour of strip clubs in which she said really bad stuff happened which i personally believe um yeah and then by that time nobody believed anything she was saying but that was like the thing yeah because she had already started talking about how it was a leaked sex tape and everybody was like you are insane um so like god only knows what happened on that tour she went on you know and then she suddenly is like in this position where unfortunately because the society we live in like she was a porn star and she could really only do sex work yeah um not that's not true. She couldn't only do sex work, but she was definitely forced into a certain, like, a certain reputation. And she, like, you can never go back from doing porn like that. No. You can never, ever, ever take it back. And the rest of the girls, even Amber, who, like, had to go to prison for drugs, like, she could be like, well, I've changed and I've come out on top. And everyone's like, okay, Mm -hmm. like, that's fine. But, like, you can't come back from porn. No. And I think that Farah didn't realize that. I think that she didn't understand the magnitude of it. I think that, first of all, they had no idea that the show would ever come back. Yeah. Um, And I think that she really, in her impulsivity, her mental health issues, and absolutely no foundation of support through her parents, because her dad, like, went with her to these vivid meetings... Um, I think that absolutely no one like sat her down and fully explained that like once you do this you will not be able to come back yeah. and you need to think about the long term and what this will mean for your career. I think that absolutely nobody did that and somebody should have just convinced her to like go get a job and just like be a normal person. Yeah. And she didn't have anybody in her corner advising her and I think that she knew what she was doing but I think I mean she was like 22. You know what I mean? Like she was so young. Yep. And I think that she really felt like it was her only option. And she's obviously an extremely impulsive person. And the fact that she didn't have like good parents, you know, like everything. And I just think it's so sad because it's like, she really, I don't think she understood the decision she was making. You know, I was listening to um, Courtney Stodden, actually, it's funny that you brought her up 
um, on Trisha Paytas's podcast oh, yeah, I the other day. Listen to that still. <clears throat> it's amazing, and she talks about how like you know Courtney was very similar to Farah in the sense that she was like very strong minded and mm-hmm. like you know she presented from a young age yeah sexualized was like super young and she presented as an adult even like Mm -hmm. the way that like when her parents would try and parent her she'd be like Mm -hmm. that and she said like i was just wanting somebody to to care long enough to parent me beyond my temper tantrum like yeah keep keep parenting enough that i i'm like a bull that's like trying to you know like i'm bucking but like keep trying like don't give up because i start crying i'm a kid yeah you know and like that's very Farah. Like, I think Farah was always just looking for somebody to parent her in like an appropriate way, almost like subconsciously, you know? Yeah. I'm sure she was like waiting for her parents to be like, don't do that porn. Yeah. And not have her dad take her to the vivid meetings with Sophia. Yeah. I mean, that's like so wild. Yeah. And it's like crazy, you know, like she got this culinary degree, like, that she didn't just like go get a job and it just it's really that I mean that porn was fair sliding doors oh for sure absolutely and then the fact that she went on a massive press tour for yeah. the movie to say it was stolen <laughs> I mean it's absurd it truly is um as we said after the beach fair goes back to her hotel and is talking to Deb on the phone and deb says the waves will kill you (laughs) baby's too young for that baby (laughs) baby can't go out there like you're right like deb really in her head was picturing barrage like throwing (laughs) sophia into the ocean (laughs) i don't think at any point any moment she ever was like clear on that like the whole conversation she thought sophia was in the ocean on her own (laughs) there's there's like Okay, ma- mom. <laughs> mom. Okay. Okay. I get Way it. Way to be mom. negative. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just such a like, I don't know. Part of this is it's interesting to watch because part of it is sad because Farah is different, and part of it is interesting because Farah is actually very much the same. Yeah, that's very true. That's so true. You just said a mouthful. Like, she physically looks different. Her future looked different. She seemed to have different goals. But her behavior, her attitude, her stankness that she presents to the world is very much there. And so it is easy to be like, well, if it wasn't for X, Y, and Z, she would be... I know we just had this whole talk about how the porn changed everything, and I do 100% believe that. But I just mean like personality, mental health, that type of stuff. It's all very much there in this episode. Yeah, I was thinking like the only thing that's really... That's in these old episodes keeping her even like 20% grounded is the fact that, like we said earlier, she has nothing... Yeah, and she lives in Iowa and not Austin or LA and there's no Instagram modeling and yeah. all of that shit. She probably didn't even have an iPhone yet. Yeah, like if she had the money back then that she has now, she would have been the exact same way that she is now to her family. Like yeah. she would have had uh, Sophia in pageants immediately. Like, you know what I mean? She yeah. would be that girl. The only thing holding her back was that she had no money. Yeah, that's so true. All right, Troy, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Thanks for, uh, like, making me watch this episode and, like, 
giving me my my like therapy for the week. Where can all of my listeners find you? My podcast is called This Mushroom, S-M-U-S-H-R-O-O-M on all of the things. <laughs> That's an M at the end of room. Um, and uh, <laughs> you can find me on everything at Smushroom. And then I'm on the internet at Troy McEady, T-R-O-Y-M-C-E-A-D-Y. Everybody listen to Smushroom. Like I said, if you haven't listened, scroll all the way back in your little feed. Yeah. And find the Farah and James Dean episode because it's good and dark and long and I think very funny. People love it. I mean, still to this day, like no matter what, it's always the most popular episode. And it better stay that way. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I would just like to say, Troy and I recommend you watch uh, season one of the Osbournes on YouTube if you have time to kill Absolutely. We should do an episode of the Osbournes for the hell of it. We should. We should. All right. We're going to do an episode for, well, we'd have to do like multiple episodes because as we talked about, the Osbournes actually has no plot at all. (laughs) season. It's wild to watch. (laughs) so recapping would be hard yeah we should pick like a handful of our favorites and just like go down agreed all right troy thank you so much of course thank you for having me bye (laughs) bye this has been an episode of feathers in my hair an emotionally broken psychos patreon exclusive executive producers molly mcalear and liz bentley produced by nicole matthews special thanks to sarah Giovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com/ebpsycho. 